Ah, the snooze button, our old friend. You've showed us patience, postponing the monotony of morning traffic, putting off the bland and boring breakfast for just five more minutes. Thank you for all you've done, but your services are no longer required. There is finally a breakfast worth waking up for. The triple cheese and hash brown breakfast burrito with provolone cheddar pepper jack and a crispy hash brown. Taste it before it's gone at Jack in the Box. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Blog Talk Radio. No one. I just right now we start the show. You are now listening to Upfront and Straightforward with Alan Roger Curry. The following internet radio show is for mature audiences only. That means, boys and girls, you must be 18 years of age or older to listen. If you are a single heterosexual man listening to this episode right now, let me ask you a question or two. Is it your ultimate desire to better understand women and experience more romantic and sexual success with women? Even more so, is it your ultimate goal to one day reach a point where you feel as though you have mastered the art of attracting and seducing women? There are many dating advice books available to customers by a number of different dating coaches and well-known pickup artists that seem to promise their readers that if they follow the advice contained in their respective books, that they will soon gain a mastery over a high percentage of women that they will socially interact with. But is the advice in those books representative of more fantasy than reality, more hype than substance? My guest this evening believes that the number one key to mastering women is to first gain a high degree of mastery over your own thoughts, beliefs, attitudes, and behavioral patterns. She believes that once you engage in lengthy and intense episodes of self-analysis and subsequently self-improvement, that you will eventually develop an exceptionally high degree of persuasive and seductive influence over the behavior of women who you may come in contact with in the near future. Who is this woman who is making her second guest appearance on my show and is totally dedicated to helping single heterosexual men actively improve their love lives, sex lives, and overall social lives? Her name is Linda Gross, and tonight, Ms. Gross is going to educate and enlighten many of the members of my male listening audience about how to gain mastery over themselves and then women as this very popular dating coach takes time out of her very busy schedule in order to get up front and straightforward with Alan Roger Curry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is this the Alan Roger Curry of Mode 1 fame? Oh, my God. You're really good at this. I've got to ask you, though. got to ask you, do you feel that black men have some type of unwritten obligation to date yeah. and bury yeah. someone in the race? You do? I think they do. I think, right. that every, I think white people should date white people. I think black people should date black people. <laughs> 
Now, now how did you come up with this idea to go to Italy with the women? With the women, right. (laughs) I just got so tired of hearing all my male friends talk about Brazil and how great Brazil is for them. When I was growing up, I would go and hear about black women complaining about white women are stealing our men. Don't complain about your goods being stolen if you casually leave them on the front porch. Have sex. Enjoy your life. You know, men really want women to have standards. They really do. And I don't know how we got off of the mark there, but men do like classy women, and they want women to have standards. I think you can be single and be very, very happy, and I think it's about taking the pressures off about being married. I'm not saying that you should disrespect a woman, never disrespect your woman, but the key is to not let her walk all over you. Romantic love is very volatile. People don't realize it. And it is a drug. People don't realize it. Men and women do stupid things. Not all men, but sometimes you'll do something stupid. I think it's a turn-on because just to see that person, just to enjoy themselves and just to watch them touching that person and making them feel good, I think that's kind of sexy, actually. Yo, yo, mode one. This is Gerard McClendon from Chicago tonight and the McClendon Report. Right now you're listening to Upfront and Straightforward with my good friend, Alan Roger Curry. Mode one, let the women know, fellas, what you're really thinking. Ha <laughs> ha, Alan Roger Curry. Oh, I just wanna be, I just wanna be successful. I just wanna be, I just wanna be successful. I just wanna be, I just wanna be successful. I want the money, money, money. I want a whole lot of that. All the honey, they ask me where the dollars are. Where your head at? Tell me about the scholar cap. Trying to find a way, but you never got a map Dream chaser, risk taker, no favor So hate us, they might want me to drown Holding me down, but the throne in the crown All I ever wanted, all I ever needed If I'm the only one and don't nobody else believe it Then keep it a secret and watch me achieve it Cause I know what I want now If you want the money, Gotta make it You the only one And don't nobody else believe it Then tell them to beat it And watch you achieve it Sing it if you want Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Up Front and Straightforward with Alan Roger Curry. We're on the Blog Talk Radio, Internet Radio Network, and I'm your host, Alan Roger Curry. And I want somebody in the chat room, whether it's Frankie, CLG3, or Charles D, to let me know that I have no technical difficulties this week. Because, you know, man, just about this whole entire year, 2016, I've had some degree of technical difficulty, particularly at the beginning of my show. So I want somebody to write in the chat room that I'm A-OK. 
DLG3 said, I'm A-OK. He said, I'm A-OK. And now I want Charles D. or Frankie to, to give a, a second to that motion that I'm A-OK in the chat room. Am I A-OK? Am I A-OK? Am I A-OK? Okay. Charles D. said, I hear you loud and clear. I think that was Charles D.'s nice way of trying to say, Alan, you're talking a little bit too loud. Because he could have just said, I hear you clearly. But he said, I hear you loud and clear. So in other words, he's like, lower your fucking volume, man. Come on, Alan, you're my boy, but you talk too fucking loud. <laughs> um, today is Thursday, March 24th. And uh, tonight... I'm going to be interviewing a guest for the second time. I interviewed her first in 2013. I want to say she'll be only my second repeat guest this season. Yeah. Because every every season, I, I usually have anywhere from one to three repeat guests. Yeah, I would say just about every season I've had an average of one to three repeat guests. The one other person I had was David X. David X, as a matter of fact, he was on my show for the seventh time, the seventh time last fall. That was the seventh time being on my a guest on my show. That's my all-time record, actually. Yeah, seven times. David X was on my show seven times. But yeah, the, the, the woman I have on my show tonight, this will be her second time in the last three years. And as I told her through Facebook inbox, I, I got a I got a minor bone to pick with her. She cheated. She she <laughs> she got on my show. She she cheated, man. And uh, I already told her this, but I'm gonna let it I'm gonna let it slide because you know I already scheduled her and I'm already looking forward to talking to her again. But here's the thing, normally. There might be one or two, I think, previous exceptions. I'm trying to think of who's who the matter of fact. I think the one other exception might have been David X, who I just mentioned. But I was going to say, I rarely have ever allow a guest to come on my show twice to talk about the same exact book. And I thought when I invited her to come on the show a second time, I actually thought she had a new book out. But what it turns out, and the people who've read her book already know this, so this is no surprise to them, but she basically changed the title to her old book. She used to have a book called The Caveman Formula, uh, The Four Keys to Conquering Women. And now that book is called Mastering Women. Um, where's the subtitle? I'm going to look at it again. Uh, it's not in front. It's uh, I forget this subtitle that quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to make sure I say it right. Um, okay, here it is. Here's the new title. The new title is called Mastering Women Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. That's the new title it's called Mastering Women Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. 
but it's the same book. <laughs> I mean, not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I mean, you know, it's the same book. So if if you already read her book, The Caveman, and you were expecting this book to be new or different, it's not. It's the same contest because when I went to get the Kindle version on on Amazon, that's what they told me. They said basically it's the same book, just a different title. Um, so in essence, we're going to be talking about the same book we did three years ago. Now, if you remember, it was funny. Linda and I, we had an interesting conversation when she was on the show three years ago. If if, if you remember that episode, most of it was pretty friendly and entertaining. We had some philosophical debates for sure on different aspects of her book. And I'm sure we'll have those same tonight. But there was one stretch where it actually got heated, like I want to say somewhat contentious. Because she she made this strong comment where she said that she believes most women deep down have a a sexual attraction to their own son. And I was like, that's bullshit. And we kind of went back and forth for by at least, I want to say, 10, 10, 15 minutes about that. So that was probably the most heated aspect of that first interview. Yeah, I, I, I disagree with that. I basically argue you might have a, a small percentage of women who might find themselves, for whatever reason, sexually attracted to their own sons. But I didn't think that represented the vast majority of women, whereas she did. She feels like most women, to one degree or another, are, are number one, are overprotective over their sons, and even more so, they have some type of attraction to their own sons. That's, that's just kind of creepy to me. <laughs> that's, that's just weird and creepy. And again, I think there's maybe 2%, 3%, 4% of women in society who might fall into that category, but I don't think. But she did. Anyway, but yeah, other than that, yeah, we, we the thing I remember, I don't remember every little detail about our first interview, but I remember the things I agreed with her, I very much agreed with her. It was kind of a case of two extremes. Everything I agree with, I agree with almost totally. But then there were other aspects of, of this book that I disagreed with. Um, so you can just consider this part two of the 2013 interview. Well, actually, technically, it's part two, even in the same week, because I was actually on her show. I was a guest on her show yesterday. She has a broadcast radio show. Um, yeah, she has a broadcast radio show that comes on in Los Angeles, and then you can hear it nationally online. And we were actually supposed to talk about my book, The Possibility of Sex, but we didn't even end up really talking about that uh, too much. We talked about it a little bit, but we didn't really get to talk about manipulative time wasters. So I'm going to find a way to incorporate that into tonight's discussion. So anyway, it should be an interesting discussion that I'm sure is going to have its moments where I'm co-signing with some of the stuff she says and other moments where I'm sure I'll be engaging in a spirited debate on certain aspects. Uh, but before I get to the interview, um, 
I always start off talking about last week's show. Last week's show, I had an open forum discussion about red, recognizing red flags and deal breakers and also tolerable differences. I didn't get too much feedback from listeners on that show. Um, I got a little bit. Everybody was tripping <laughs> mainly the a few people did give me feedback on last week's show. It was related to that last woman. I don't know if you heard the very end, but this sister called into the show who goes by the name Miss Lady. And a friend of mine named Alex, who goes by the name um, Don Calypso, he told me that Miss Lady is a is a known troll on She's a known troll on Blog Talk Radio. And so I see P plus. P plus is in my chat room. What's up, P plus? I see Diva, my number one most loyal listener. You know, I call her the multitasker. Adrian, she'll come in, listen to my show, and then she'll be painting her house. She'll be fixing on her engine and her car. She'll be watching both a basketball game and a football game. She'll be cooking dinner. She'll be, you know, getting her her niece ready for bed. And she'll be making love to her husband. She just does all, she's just the master multitasker, you know. And that's why she's a friend of mine, because she knows how to just do a lot of things at one time. But she always comes in the chat room to give me a, 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 a virtual kiss on the cheek and show her support for my show. Um, let me see if my main man, I don't see EVP in my chat room. I mean, in my phone too. Um, I see Charles Dees in my chat room. I already mentioned him. I got CLG3 who's been calling into my show the last few weeks. I got my man Frankie. Uh-oh, Frankie. I think this might be a starter for a show. In my chat room. Now, see, in previous seasons, Frankie used to always be in my chat room. But this season, he he was sporadic early in the season. I would see him maybe for one episode, then another two or three episodes. I wouldn't see him. Then he popped back in. Then I wouldn't see him for another two or three episodes. But I think this is either his third or fourth straight episode that I've seen Frankie in my chat room. Always glad to see Frankie. Uh, I see a number of guests in my chat room. I see Max Stout. Max Stout is in my chat room, and I already mentioned P Plus. P Plus is in my chat room. Um, excuse me for a second. I always get thirsty when I start doing the show, so I need a swig of water. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, but going back to feedback on last week's show. Yeah, I had the sister call in at the end, hating on the men's preferences for the type of woman they're looking for. How are you going to hate on somebody's preferences? I think that's the dumbest thing you can do as a man or a woman. Like, I've seen men do it too, so it's not just women. But I've known men, like, if, if a woman says she prefers a guy who's who has long hair and tattoos and earrings? They're like, man, fuck that bitch, man. Why she, you know, why she gotta go after guys with earrings and tattoos? I mean, that's her preference. 
If a woman has a preference, that's her preference. I mean, now, if you want to, you can go ahead and try to persuade her that her preferences don't mean shit. Like, I've, 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 I've dated and had sex with women who initially told me I wasn't their type, and then later on, we ended up dating and having sex. So sometimes a woman can change her mind on what her preferences are. For example, there's at least a handful of women who initially told me that they only would date or have sex with men that were six feet tall, six feet or taller. And I'm 5'11". Well, actually, I'm, if I'm being really bluntly honest, I'm 5'10 and a half. I always say I'm 5'11". Well, my license, it says, driver's license says 5'11". But I'm actually 5'10 and a half. Matter of fact, speaking of my height, I got to tell this quick story. I think I might have told this story once. This is under the category of dumb shit I allowed women to do when I should have just cursed that woman out and slapped the shit out of her. You know, one time I went to visit this woman. This was years ago. This woman didn't believe how tall I was. I told her I was 5'11". She said, no, you're not. You're like about maybe 5'9", five, 5'9 nine, five, nine and a half. I said, no, I'm 5'11". She said, no, you're not. You're 5'9", at most, 5'9 and a half. So we went back and forth, and her girlfriend was even present. Her girlfriend was like, why are you tripping on his height? Do you know this woman went to the kitchen and got a tape measure? She got a tape measure and measured. I allowed it, though, so I got to take some of the guilt. I allowed her to measure me. Um, okay, Diva said the sound is weird. What does that mean? The sound is weird. It's muffled. CLG3 said it's muffled, but I can hear, so that is all that I care about. Anybody else have a is is anybody else having problems here? Does my voice sound muffled? Tell me if you think my voice sounds muffled. Cause I'm using what's called direct connect. There's two ways I can connect to my show. One is my telephone. You know I've had a bunch of technical difficulties with this sorry-ass Comcast landline. So I use now what's called Direct Connect. And Diva said it sounded weird. Diva, do I still sound weird? Let me know in the chat room. But anyway, yeah, this woman, she actually measured me, man. Again, I allowed it, so I can't criticize it too much. Okay, Charles D. said, you're loud as hell, but you're crystal. <laughs> Charles D. is, he'd be a more with me. He's like, Alan, you know you're my dog, man. You know you're my road dog. But, bro, your voice is, like, loud as fuck, dude. Come down, like, two or three notches. Um, yeah, this woman ended up measuring me, man. And sure enough, on the downside, I wasn't 5'11", but I knew that. She ended up measuring me. When she measured me, I turned out to be 5'10", 5'10", and 5'8 of an inch. So basically just over 5'10 and a half. And I just gave her a look like, bitch, you satisfied now? Because she was just swearing up and down 
that I was no taller than five nine and a half. And I told her, I said, no, I'm, I kept telling her, I said, I'm five eleven. But yeah, when she measured me, I ended up being five ten and five eighths of an inch. Um, yeah, that was one of the weirdest hookups I ever had. Okay, Frankie said, my voice sounds clear, but it sounds like somebody who is on a speaker. Yeah, it's different because normally when you hear me talk on this show, I'm talking on my telephone. I'm talking on my landline telephone, but now I'm talking on a microphone um, through what's called Blog Talk Radio's direct connect. I see Edgar Interia, 92, has come into my chat room. Edgar Interia. I see Low-Key. Low-Key. Low-Key cracks me up, man. That young brother cracks me the fuck up. Um, <laughs> okay, I don't care what the subject is. He'll find a way to ask me a consultation type question. He'll be like, yeah, Alan, yeah, yeah. I know the subject tonight is about divorces, but I want to ask you, man, if you happen to be in Arizona and you go to a bar in the southern part of Arizona, what about if there's scorpions? Outside the bar. <laughs> ah, low key, man. Never love for you, brother. Um, man, you know what's been freaking me out? A lot of people have been passing away this week. Um, Ken Howard, he used to be on a show called The White Shadow. He passed away. Um, I found out tonight that comedian Gary Shanley passed away. I used to love the Gary Shandling show. Man, he I thought he was just one of the most clever, creative, and intelligent comedians around. And uh, we've lost him. So my condolences to his family and loved ones. Same with Ken Howard. Um, Joe Garagiola used to be on the Today Show way back when, former uh, baseball player. He passed away. Fife Dog. P-plus mentioned Fife Dog from a tribe called Quest, man. Man, that's my group, dude. A tribe called Quest, man. I used to love electric relaxation. That, that was the damn song, man. I love electric relaxation. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, they, um, uh, a lot of people, man, it's making me more aware of my mentality, man. Um, huh. Yeah, I just, man. Yeah, I've been like one of my best friends, as you know, he, um, he passed away not too long ago. And, yeah, man, that's the thing. You get older, man. I don't know. It just seems like um, okay. Now my guest for the evening is in my chat room, and she said the sound is echoed. So she says a little bit echoed. Um, hmm. I don't know what that means. Well, I, I might if, if I if I ended up if I end up having some problems. What I'm going to do is I'm going to call into the show with my telephone and see if that improves. But 
again, the last few weeks, you know, um, I've had problems with my telephone, calling with my telephone. But yeah, a child call quest, electric uh, relaxation. Take it on the app and you buy me links. Now I want a pound of until it stinks. You could be my mama and I'll be your boy. Original road boy, never am I coy. You could be a shorty in my ill convoy. Not to come across as a thug or a hood. But hun, you got the good, like Madeline Wood. By the way, my name's Mike, the five foot freak. They say we get together by the end of the week. She simply said no, label me a... I said, how you figure? My friends tell me so. I hate when silly groupies want to run their yes. Word to God, hun, I don't get down like that. I'll have you weak in the knees and you can hardly speak. Or we could do like Uncle Ella swinging up in my jeans. Keep it on the down, yo, we keep it discreet. See, I'm not the type of kid to have my biz in the street. If my mom don't approve, then I'll just be low. Let me take the little man from inside the boat. Let me hit it from the back, girl, I won't catch a hernia. Talk on your couch, now you got demon furniture. Shy, he fight for the extra piece. Yeah, that was electric relaxation. You heard Five Dog's voice um, spouting out some lyrics on that song um, that he passed away this week. So anyway, you know. Well, I'll say this, man. When the day comes, when, you know, the good Lord takes me, at least, you know, y'all have a lot of audio to listen to. (laughs) I got uh, almost nine years worth of talk radio shows that y'all get to listen to. But uh, so hopefully, you know, I got a lot more years on earth. I've been eating right, you know. I don't drink peach and apple no more, too much sugar. And um, Anything else before I get to my interview for the evening? Oh, one more thing. I was really excited to see Loki, I've heard about Dr. Sebi, CB. A lot of people, a lot of brothers and sisters talk about Dr. CB. Um, I see Kiss My Face twice in the chat room. Kiss My Face twice. And who else new came in the chat room? That's about it. Um, I was really excited to see Batman versus Superman. But man, the critics. Woo! 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 Man. Critics have been just killing them. I mean, they have been just killing them. Um, Batman vs. Superman. If you go on Rotten Tomatoes, it has just like horrible reviews. People saying it's too long. They saying it, it jumps from one plot to another plot. Um, Oh, Charles D., you know I'm never giving up chicken wings. I never. Now, I have, to a large extent, given up fried chicken wings. So I don't eat fried chicken wings as much as I used to. But I still eat chicken wings. I I cook them in um, what's called an air fryer, or I grill them, or, um, yeah, so, so there you go. Um, critics, man, they've been just dogging out. I mean, just completely dogging out Batman versus Superman. Yeah, I think it has like 31 or 32% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not good. On Rotten Tomatoes, anything less than 60% is considered 
a not too good movie. Yeah, in order for a movie to be considered good, it has to have 60% or more of the critics who review the movie have to like it, give it a thumbs up. And um, so, yeah. Um, But anyway, enough about current events and other things. My guest for the evening, again, is making her second appearance, her second appearance on my show. She was born in Stockholm, Sweden, the capital of Sweden, but she was primarily raised in the Los Angeles area, and she graduated with a degree in psychology from UCLA. And in preparation for her book, she interviewed over not 5,000 men, not 10,000 men, not 15,000 men, but she interviewed over 20,000 men as part of the research for her book. And again, (laughs) she's here to talk about essentially the same book, but has a different name. It was originally called The Caveman Formula. The Four Keys to Conquering Women, and now it's called Mastering Women, The Definitive Guide to Understanding and Being Effective with Women. Um, So without further ado, on behalf of Blog Talk Radio and the listeners of Upfront and Straightforward listeners, give it up for the second time for Miss. Linda Gross. How are you, Miss Linda? I'm doing fine, just fine. Thank you for having me on again. Wait, wait, <laughs> let me, before we get into that, the guy that was on seven times, did he talk about seven different books? No, he talked about different stuff. Now, I will say just about every time he was on my show, he would re- reference the principles from his, his main book. So you could kind of say technically, but most of the time, like I know three or four of the times he was on my show, we actually talked about this conference we were both part of called the Direct Dating Summit when we spoke in London in 2010. So that, that, that accounted for three or four of his episodes. And then the other three, the basis for his philosophies, again, was from the same primary book. But we, we talked about different aspects. There was, like this most recent thing, we talked about alpha males versus beta males and men developing backbone, which was something he and I hadn't necessarily talked about in the previous conversation. So, yeah, I mean, there might have been one, maybe two previous guests I've allowed. But the thing is... I've turned down a lot of guests though. Like I just, I want to say like two or three months ago, I had a woman, she wanted to come back on my show. And when I asked her, like, what did she want to talk about? It was essentially, she wanted to talk about the same book. That's how the first time and I turned her down. I said, no, I don't, I don't, I don't invite guests back on my show to talk about the same book. Um, but I mean, you're here now. I'm not going to beat you up about it. I just didn't know. <laughs> I thought, sounds like a sounds like a lot of beating. I didn't know you had that rule. Number one and number two, you know me. We ne- you and I never run out of things to talk about. And the book is <laughs> four hundred pages long. I mean, it's 
it, there's no way we're going to cover all of the stuff in one book and one show. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're not here to be redundant. We're going to talk about fresh stuff. Okay. Well, see, the thing is, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go back and, and listen to that whole. So I might, there might be at least a handful of questions I might end up inadvertently repeating. It won't be intentional, but uh, anyway, okay. Let me jump right into this. Um, in your own mm-hmm. subtle way, you kind of <laughs> state in your book that you believe a woman is more capable of giving a man good advice than a male dating coach. Number one, is oh, that what you a, believe? That's a great question. And that's really so, a great question. Yeah, I, why, why do you feel like a woman, can, a female dating coach can give a man better advice than a male dating coach? All right. That's a really good question. Okay. I absolutely, are you sitting down? Absolutely, do not think most women can give this kind of advice. Without a doubt, I'm in the point zero 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 one percent of the women that can give this type of of advice. Otherwise, there'd be like 500 books on the shelves already written by women, and there aren't. So what makes me different than all these women who are not like that? The reason why most women can't write this book is because the woman will say X but mean Y, meaning she'll tell the poor guy, do X, do X, do X, and the poor guy runs around and chases his tail doing X, jumping through all the hoops, and guess what? It doesn't work. Because it wasn't X at all. It was Y. Women don't talk straight. That's why women cannot write this book. So I stand apart from most women in that I understand male logic. Men are linear and direct. And it's like, get to the bottom line. Get to the point. And that's how I write the book. I, Let me I'm cut you off right here. Male speech. Yeah. You, you, right now, you're explaining to me what differentiates you from other female dating yes. coaches and dating book authors. What I want to know is what separates you from male dating coaches and, oh, and dating okay. advice authors. Okay. Um, I've done my homework. I've done a lot of research. I have a background in academia. I took my research and did years and years of research. I pulled it all the way back to caveman days. That's why the the book originally was called The Caveman Formula, because I wanted to get to the root of how our processes work. And the age-old question, is it nature or is it nurture, you have to get that? Sorry about that. <laughs> See, that's the problem with doing direct connect. I didn't disconnect my phone. Okay, go ahead. Right. The age-old question, is it nature or is it nurture? A lot of people answer that it's nurture. It means that how you were raised more relevant than what nature is. 
But in my studies, in my findings, I found out that, oh, no, it's not that way at all. It's primarily nature, meaning your DNA, your hormones, your biology, your enzymes, your synaptic functions. It's it, all of these functions, all of our systems in our body are geared to go a certain way. And the reason why they're geared to go a certain way is for the continuance of the species. So um, how do I compare myself to other men, you know, male authors who write about this? I've done the research. You know, I've done the book, book research. And then I didn't stop there. I took it to the average guy on the street, and I did Internet interviews with, like you said at the top of the hour, with over 20,000 men. And I wanted to validate and be sure that what I was writing about was the direct truth and what the guy needs to know. Uh, that was a long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'm going to... Um... I'm going to tell you my thoughts, my, my, my yeah. upfront straightforward thoughts about women, because my listeners know I've, I've said this, not only said it on my show, but I've said it emphatically. I don't trust 95% of women who try to give me an advice. And for primarily, if I had to nail down to two reasons, one is because most women's advice almost inevitably usually centers around the pursuit of long-term monogamous relationships. And yes. it's like probably 95 to 99% of women I read, whether it's a blog, book, whatever, they almost act like short-term monogamous, short-term non-monogamous, and long-term non-monogamous sex don't even exist. And so that's number one to me that's just bullshit because I can only speak for my clientele. Probably my smallest percentage of male clients are clients who are looking for their next long-term girlfriend or future wife. I would estimate probably maybe, I don't know, maybe 15% roughly of my male clients are looking for their next long-term girlfriend or their future wife. All the rest of my clients are either looking for how to become better at getting a short-term monogamous partner, short-term non-monogamous partner, or long-term non-monogamous partner. And so most women, again, they hardly ever, ever, ever talk about that. Um, Because that's not women's world, and you're right. I mean, biology dictates that's not how women are wired, and they can't even – imagine that you why you guys are even thinking in that direction because they don't get it they don't get it they don't (laughs) women don't think that way so they don't get what you're talking about in my book there's no such thing as a cheater that's how men are wired for pete's sake that's how it was ten thousand years ago men are meant to release you're either going to release with your hand or you're going to release inside of a woman, you're there to spread your seed. You're there to bang her once or twice, and boom, you're on to the next camp, going to the next village. That's how it's well, meant to be. I'm going to disagree with you on something you just said, and one of my people in my chat room just said this too. 
See, this is another assumption that women have. Like, a lot of women will make comments to the fact that only men are the ones who want to engage in short-term and or non-monogamous casual sex, and all women want a long-term monogamous relationship. That is, that's bullshit. That is just not fucking true. And I'm living I'm not. I'm not saying all. I'm not saying all. I'm saying most. I'm not saying well, I would all. say there's a, there's a good percentage of women in society who are actually down with either short-term monogamous, short-term non-monogamous, or long-term non-monogamous. The, the, the main thing that makes them hesitate, though, is a lot of these same women tend to worry about what other people think. So they don't want to be called, you know, a, a slut or a hoe or any other disparaging label and but once we get past that or I'm speaking for myself once I get past that with women they're fine I've had a number of relationships with women that fell into one of those three categories that we were what I would call short term monogamous sex short term non-monogamous sex or long term non-monogamous but again going back to my criticism of women giving men advice that would be my criticism number one is that most women who offer advice to men almost inevitably give them advice that's geared towards. And my thing is this, and this is just me. I don't even feel like men need lengthy, detailed advice for that. That's that's the advice to me that's almost the easiest, is helping a man find his next long-term girlfriend's future wife. I'm going to give my simple recipe. I know in most cases for men, it's probably not this simple in actual execution. But generally speaking, if you're a man, if you're a man who's flattering, entertaining, easy to get along with, and willing to be financially generous and supportive of a woman, you ain't gonna unless you got really something wrong with you physically, like you a hundred pounds overweight or you got three teeth in your mouth. Something about you is just repulsive. You ain't going to have too many hard times finding because most women are down for long-term relationships. I, I, I speak for myself. To toot my horn a little bit, I've never had a problem attracting a woman to be my girlfriend, to be like a long-term monogamous girlfriend. That is the least area I've ever had challenges with women. I mean, it's to me, it's just, it, it's almost like step one, two, three, four, five. Where most men feel challenged, I think, is when it more so is when it comes to again some type of short term sexual relationship and or some type of non monogamous sexual relationship, and that's where I come into play. But anyway, the second criticism I have of most women who offer advice to men is they skip over the most obvious advice, which is and this relates to the casual sex that women. Never talk about how to get their pussy wet. There might be one or two women out there who, who might touch on that here and there. But you hardly ever hear a woman say, okay, guys, this is how you get my pussy wet by the end of the first conversation. I have never picked up a book written by a woman where they specifically <laughs> said, this is how you get my pussy wet by the end of the first conversation. And right there, I'm like, okay, if they ain't going to mention that, that's bullshit. Because it is very possible for a woman to get a man's dick hard by the end of the first conversation. 
and it is very possible for a man to get a woman's pussy wet by the end of the hour, because I've done it a number of times. I would say three, at least three dozen women I've had sex with in my life, I had sex with them within 24 hours after I met them. I would say at least a dozen women in my life, I've had sex with them within a half hour, within 30 minutes after I met them. I've never read a woman say to a man in a book, a blog, or whatever, this is how you get me in bed within a half hour after you meet me. Because women want to try to act like that shit don't happen. And it, it, even though they know it does happen, but they don't want to admit it. But as a man who's written more one, and I've shared my story, like one of my most intimate stories, I met a woman in a grocery store of all places, a 24-hour grocery store, literally about 12 to 15 minutes after I first introduced her myself to this woman, she was on her knees in the grocery store sucking my dick. <laughs> I, I never, ever, ever read a woman say, this is how you can get me to get on, on my knees in a grocery store and suck your dick in 15 minutes. So all I have to say, those two major things is why I tend to take away the credibility of most women's advice to men. Now, for the advice they give to men yeah. that is related Wait, before, to... Before, be, can I respond to that? Before you move okay, away from this yeah, topic. Sure. Please do. Please do. Well, you know, the, the, the first comment that you made is most women are not going to tell you how to get my pussy wet. Okay. Well, they haven't picked up my book. My book has two chapters on that. So the one chapter is called What If meaning how to get her women get turned on between their ears not physically men men get turned on physically but women get turned on between their ears so i have a chapter in there how to get her pussy wet it's called what get her in that mental space where she's fantasizing about you and imagining what it's going to be like when you're finally together so that's number one and number two um, I also have a chapter called Intermittent Reinforcement where you, you know, you l- l- let out a little bit of the string and then you pull it back. It's kind of like fishing. You let out a little bit of the fishing rod uh, string and then you pull it back. You're not one speed the whole time. You give a little and you pull back. You give a little, you pull back. And I actually had a scenario in the book too, just like when you mentioned on, on my show yesterday, is you be direct with your her, you be straight with her, you tell her straight up what she's doing to you and how you're going to take her, and then you, like, go mow the lawn and go do something else. You shift gears. It will drive her up the wall. So I do have chapters like that. So don't discount me when you don't know. Okay, wait a minute. You You teach guys how to get a woman's pussy wet by the end of their first conversation with them. Yeah. I hesitated. I hesitated. You do? I mean, I'm not specifically saying by the end of the conversation, but you can use both or, or either of these techniques to get it done in the first date, to have sex with her in the first date, because that's how powerful these two techniques are. Okay, okay. Now, since we're talking about this, let's go ahead and talk about it. I'm going to have you, I guess, repeat it again. So since you say you have this in your book, 
if a man came to you, let's say a couple of male clients came to you and said, Linda, I want to learn how to get a woman's pussy wet within the very first conversation after I, I first introduced myself. What would be your, your, your top pieces of advice to that Use one of these two techniques. And I is, know okay. I've had these Repeat them again. Used on, Repeat okay. technique number so one and technique first, number two. The one chapter they need to flip through to is the what if chapter. You've got to get her in her head. You've got to get her, you know, out of the crotch into the head because that's where she gets wet. It's got, for a woman, it has to start in the head, between the ears. See, so oh, just like the, ro- the reason why they sell billions of romance novels is because those authors know how to get in the woman's head. I'm going to give you an admission. Um, I don't think I've ever told this to anybody. Thank the you. very first time I had an orgasm, I was reading a romance novel. And that scene, it was only like about a paragraph, that scene was so juicy and so outrageous and completely took me out of my body that I came. I wasn't even physically touching myself. I came because of reading that paragraph. I teach men how to do that same technique. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I didn't know what orgasm was. I, I had never experienced one. Okay, well, we're the same so, in that category. I, I definitely believe that, number one. Now, here's something I agree with in your book that you emphasize. We actually talked about this on your show. Uh, one thing you do emphasize in your book that I 100% agree is that men and women are both visual and auditory. Men, generally speaking, are far more visual. Than they are auditory, and women, generally speaking, are far more auditory than they are visual, and yes. so that's one of the reasons why I emphasize in my books verbal communication and verbal seduction because I know, like, probably the most obvious uh, thing for me, for people who know me, I've had since 1992. I think you and I discussed this in our first conversation on this show, but you might not remember. Well, I'm going to ask you to guess, just give a lighthearted guess. Start with 1992 up until now. How many women do you think I've had engaged in hot, kinky phone sex with? How many women have engaged in what kind of sex? Any, any how sex? many women would you say that you think I've engaged in hot, kinky phone sex with? All, all sex, right? Huh? All sex. All different types of sex. No, I'm specifically right. talking about just phone sex. Right now, just oh, phone, phone sex. Oh, phone sex. Oh, hell. Yes. Um, 1992, I don't know. There's 365 days in the year. I would say at least half of those days, I'd say 200 a year. Okay, well, that, that estimate was actually a little bit too confident on my part. <laughs> no, I don't have the time <laughs> to do that many. But, no, yeah, I've, I've had... My, I would say my last rough estimate, I would say about 1,900 women since 1992, with a good portion of those women um, paying me money, actually, for it. And I, 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 I bring up specifically phone sex more so than physical sex because it just highlights 
how auditory women are. I mean, women right. get like, like I've had women, at least a small percentage of women, who they didn't even know what I look like. Like I've had phone sex with women like on business calls where these women, they hadn't seen a picture of me. They didn't even, they had never met me in person, but yet I had them playing with their pussy over the phone because of my verbal communication and verbal seduction skills. And that's when I first, when I first started getting into phone sex was when I first started realizing slowly but surely how auditory um, women are. Um, how pow- how powerful that is. And when you say they didn't know what you look like, blah, 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 we both agreed that women are not as visually oriented when it comes to sexual issues. They're just not. Okay, now you, you said, you, okay, often, now you oftentimes see this drop-dead gorgeous girl, this model-type girl. She's a 8, 9, or 10, and she's with some fat, short, ugly, bald guy. And that happens a lot. Because she, they don't care what the guy looks like. I wouldn't say they don't many, care. Many, I wouldn't say all, but many women don't care. I, well, this is what I would say. And this relates to what I talk about in my books. But if you're a beta male with money, Uh-oh. yeah, that's we're where break- I would agree with you. Alan, we're breaking up. We're breaking up? You can't hear me? We're, no, you're like, I'm hearing like every third word. Uh-oh. Huh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, well, let me <laughs> hold on a second. Let me see if I can. Well, what do people say in the chat room? Chat room, how, how do I sound to you? Does that sound okay in the chat room or no? But I'm going to see if I can. Uh... Can, I, can I connect to your show via Skype? Sure. Yeah, yeah, you can call into the Thank show you. via Skype. Skype too. That's, that's what but I was wait, saying wait. when the show was like echoey, but now it's really echoey. Okay, I'm gonna call in on hold on. Linda, can you hear me now? Can everybody hear me now? Um, I'm now using my phone instead of the direct connect. So I want to know from the chat room, how do I sound? Do you, everybody, okay, everybody's saying yes, yes, yes. Everybody hears me. Okay, and now Linda has, okay, here's Linda. Okay, Linda, do I sound clear now? Oh, yeah, you sound much better. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, because see, before in previous episodes, I was having a problem with the phone, so that's why I went to Direct Connect. But now, like you said, the, the Direct Connect is worse. Okay, we'll go with the phone. Hopefully I won't have any problems with this. Um, Oh, okay, so we were on the subject of you said you also teach men not only how to get a woman's pussy wet, 
but how to get a woman's pussy, potentially get a woman's pussy wet by the end of the first conversation. So you said one thing was to recognize that women are auditory creatures. And what's your point? What's your technique number two? What's your emphasis number two? Well, the what-if technique and also intermittent reinforcement, which means that you tell her what you're going to do, that she has got you so hot and so bothered, and here's what I'm going to do with you next. And you go down that road, and you're very direct, you're very confident, you tell her what you want to do with her, and then you just all of a sudden you just shift gears and you just, completely do something totally random, something completely else, and walk away. You know, you know, like you were telling the story yesterday about, uh, you know, I'll come back in five months. I mean, I don't want you to come back that long. But, you know, take a break. Like, get her all hot and bothered, and then retract, pull back, and go mow the lawn, or go put gas in your car, or go do something else. It will drive her crazy she will jump you the minute you walk back in that door because she'll have time to think it over about hmm he said alan said this and alan said that and oh i wonder what that's going to feel like and oh i wonder how he's going to do that move she'll have time to process that and that's what gets women hot that's why the romance novels work so well is because reading is an auditory event as well because the woman is actually saying the words out loud in her head. So reading and texting, oh, texting is another way you can do it. Let's say you're seeing her at 7 o'clock tonight. So send her a couple of sex texts during the day. Maybe one at eleven, another one at one o'clock, another now, one. Now, at see, you getting away from the issue. That's 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 more down the line. I, I'm right now. I'm specifically focusing on just in the very first conversation. Like you meet a woman at a party, you meet a woman at walking down the street, you meet a woman at a club, whatever, somebody's house party. I'm not talking about like you met a woman on Tuesday and then what do you do Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm talking about. Situations where you meet a woman and within, say, an hour, two hours, three hours after you met that woman, you in a position to fuck her. Oh, before you go on, I want to point out to the guys who don't know who haven't read my book, The Possibility of Sex. She was talking about a technique I used to use. I don't really use it too much anymore. <laughs> but if you've read or listened to my audio book, The Possibility of Sex, in the opening chapter, I talk about this. Now, normally, I'm all about non-manipulative ways of dealing with women. And this is at least a little bit manipulative. But it used to work like a charm. <laughs> what I would do is I would meet women. Like I used to, Particularly when I lived in Los Angeles, I used to do this. I would meet a woman. Like, say I met a woman. Let's call her. You know what I'm going to say? You know what name I'm going to use? They always t- Matter of fact, yeah, it's funny. Your name is Linda. Check this out. There's been this running joke for the last two or three months, both on the show and in my Facebook group. They say, Alan, whenever you tell stories, you use three names, Linda, Michelle, and Tanya. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> Your first name is actually the number one name I always use when I, I'm, like, making up some pseudonym or fictional name. But anyway, let, uh, let's say I, I'm not going to say Linda since she's my guest. I'll use the next most popular name, Michelle. Let's say I meet a woman, Michelle. 
And what I would do is I would start off telling Michelle, I say, Oh, Michelle, you are so sexy. I'm man, I wanna fuck the shit out of you. I mean I'm oh, I'm like aching to just put my dick all in your pussy and you know, she'll be saying stuff like, Oh, you're so bad, I can't believe you're talking to me like that. You're so nasty then I would say, oh, man, I mean, I cannot wait to fuck you. Okay, now, pause right there. If I'm talking like that to a woman, what she's going to naturally think, fellas? She's going to think I'm over-anxious and impatient to fuck her. But then what I would do, <laughs> to contrast that, I would pull out, like, a, a calendar I had on my phone or something, some type of calendar-related e- device, and I would, I would look at my calendar. So let's say it's right now it's late March. I would look on my calendar, I'd say, okay, no, April won't work, no, May won't work, no, June, I'm going to be busy now. Okay, July, mid to late July, I'm going to fuck the shit out of you. And the women would be like, what? July? Why, why would you have to wait till July to fuck me? And I'd be like, oh, look at you. You're all impatient. Okay, let me see if I can move it up to June. Let me check June again. Okay. All right, I might be able to move you. June? That is still a long ways away. How come you can't fuck me in, like, April? Okay, let me look at April. Let me see. No, I'm busy that week. No, I'm busy that week. No, I'm busy that week. Okay, I might have one or two days available in April. And then what would happen, like, at least three-fourths of the time, the woman would ended up end up keep moving it up, moving it up, moving it up to the point where they would say, "Well, how come you can't fuck me this weekend, or how come you can't fuck me later on tonight?" And I'd be like, eh, "I got a lot going on." Okay, if you that damn horny, if you want my dick that bad, I guess I can make an exception and, and fuck you, you know, tomorrow or later on tonight. And, man, I'm telling you, now, for the women who weren't interested in me, it didn't work. So if the woman was just flat out not interested in me. But if a woman had some degree of interest, attraction to me, man, that technique used to work like a charm. And what I described also in The Possibility of Sex is I was at this book signing a female friend of mine gave for me. And I told that story, the same story I just told you. And this woman stood up. Well, first she was just looking at me. She just was giving me this look. And for guys who read the e-book or listen to it, you know what story I'm telling. This woman, just, she was a sister. She's just looking at me. And then she just stood up. She said, this brother knows his shit. He's a smooth motherfucker. This brother right here. He knows, and all the other women, because it was mostly women at this book saying, and they were like, what are you talking about? She said, y'all know what. This this brother know the key to getting women horny. And all the women were like playing the dumb role. They were like, what, what, what? She said, and so this is for you fellas who haven't read the book. Number one, you should get that book, The Possibility of Sex. But if you haven't read it, I'm going to give you a little tip that this woman said at that book side. She said, this man knows that one of the number one ways to get a woman really, really horny is for a man to act like he's more patient to engage in intercourse than the woman is. Because most women, we tend to naturally assume that a man is more impatient for sex than we are. So it throws us off when we meet a man. And it's funny 
this shows you how how valid this is because once she stated that, all the just about all the women in the room were like doing the shh sign, like shh, like don't don't be admitting that, don't be acknowledging that. We don't want guys to know that. There's actually only two guys in the whole event, but um, but yeah. So guys, never confuse being upfront and straightforward with being over anxious and impatient. Those two are not synonymous. Because I'm always upfront and straightforward with women, but I never give a woman the impression that I'm just like, I need to fuck her in the next 12 hours. Or I need. The only possible exception would be if I'm traveling. Now, there have been times when I'm, say, if I'm out of town and I know I'm only going to be in that city for three or four days, I'll let a woman know that. Like, basically, hey, we got to fuck before I leave. And they, you know, they either down or they're not down. But um, for a woman who's in the same city as me, same area as me, I always let women know, shit, I ain't in no rush. Um, now, anyway, going back to you. So, okay, you're, you say you give two tips. Um, yeah, I would generally agree with both of your tips. Um, Thank you. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, you didn't say anything that I'm, I would be totally against. Although the second one, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not as emphatic on that one. As probably you are, but I still I I do think it's is is valid. Um, so okay, so so let me ask you about your clientele, because I know every dating coach's clientele is different. You work with a lot of men now. Of the men you work with, what are they primarily looking for? Are they looking for their next long term girlfriend slash future wife, or are some of them just looking? For more of a polyamorous relationship or one night stands, we can necessarily Not necessarily long term. I'm going to agree with you on that. I think very few, maybe if the guy has like a really strong religious upbringing or something like that, okay, yeah, maybe those types are looking for a long term relationship. But I would say no. I mean, I, I get the gamut of all kinds of things. I, I get the gamut. I had one client who was going to college. And his mom was chasing after him to where he decided to go to a different college across country, 3,000 miles away, to get away from mom. And so mom followed him to the, the northeast. And she kept hounding him and hounding him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is like a, a legal matter at this point. I mean, she literally wanted to have sex with her son. So, I, mean, oh, I, get, oh, I don't I, want to start on that again. You know that was our heated, most heated <laughs> thing, the last conversation. I, I, I mean, you will go, you will go to that's just weird to me. That's you weird will go to me. To your grave on that. I had another guy in Texas, and he was with a dominatrix, and he could not escape the confines and her uh, tentacles. Um, he was not making much money. It started out, I think he was like a handyman on her property. And she was some high-powered, you know, six-figure income kind of person, um, all straight-laced during the daytime, all business during the daytime. But at nighttime, she literally treated this guy like a dog. I mean, he had a dog collar and the whole thing, like the same kind of techniques that you would do animal training or dog training. She used oh, that's like techniques. BDSM then. Yeah. That sounds like they were in the BDSM. 
Right. She used those same techniques, except the guy wasn't a dog. He was a human being, for God's sake. Anyway, he wanted to get out from under that, but he didn't have anywhere to go. He didn't have a job. He didn't have skills. He couldn't really afford to leave her, pro- I guess it was li- a live-in. He couldn't really afford to, like, get out and go. And so, you know, we, I walked him through that, and he finally did leave her. So it's not, it's kind of, a lot of these calls that I get, they are sexually based, but they're for all kinds of reasons. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, you know, some people, I had another guy who's very good looking, tall, He's got hair. He's got a nice smile. He's got education. He has a great job. He has great assets. On paper, he's like a million bucks. But for whatever reason, he thinks he can't find a girl. So, you know, I mean, you have that confidence, but not all guys have confidence. This guy should be, you know, walking on air. This guy should be the most confident guy in the room, yet he is not. So a lot of it, you know, in his case, it's based on his self-esteem and his perceptions. And where did all these perceptions come from? And you've got to go in there and dust them all off and, and uh, get rid of, we, we go back and find out where that perception started, and then we rename it. And then we put it on a shelf, and then he's done with it. So, yeah, they come in for all kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. So they, so basically, you have some clients that do want uh, short-term and/or non-monogamous sex. Oh yes, yes. Not some. I would say probably most men are interested in having sex. Yes, and most men don't necessarily. Well, well of course, men are interested yeah. in having sex. Yeah, I mean, that's no debate men, on the sex. I'm talking about what context, though, long-term versus short-term, monogamous versus non-monogamous. I mean, all men are looking for sex. And see, this relates to, speaking of females giving men advice, there was another woman I had. I don't want to spend too much time talking about previous guests, but I've had at least two female guests this season that tried to act like, they made comments like, oh, there's, there's things, multiple things more important in a relationship than sex. And I'm like, like what? I mean, for some women, of course, that might be the case, but there is no man breathing on planet Earth that gets into a relationship for a woman's non-sexual companionship. That's never the top priority for a man, ever. Correct. Correct. And I think most men today, um, even the ones that want to be relationship-oriented, even those people are not relationship-oriented anymore. Unfortunately, with the family laws and how uh, women misuse the court system and they lie and they cheat. Most men are today are scared shitless. They don't want to get married. Oh, hurt. I agree. They don't want to be I in agree. a long-term relationship. It's, women today are too much trouble. They're too much trouble. <laughs> it's better to just do her a few times and move on. But in order to do that, you have <laughs> to... See, I give you kudos, Linda, for saying <laughs> that. Now, that's something that I've rarely had a woman... Sell myself. So you you just earned five hundred brownie points for Aww. just letting that come out of a woman's mouth. Because no, let me touch on that before you go on. That's the truth. Because a lot of my male clients, for example, and a lot of the guys in my in my male uh, supporters group on Facebook, 
they say that almost on a weekly basis. I, I talk to a lot of men who are no longer even like remotely interested in long, particularly a lot of the younger guys. A lot of guys I talk to between, say, I don't know, 18 and 30, 18, 35, okay. they don't even want to get married. They don't want to get married. They don't want a long-term boyfriend-girlfriend relationship because they're like, Alan, most of these women out here, they're, they're manipulative, they're materialistic, they're generally full of shit. So I just want to fuck them five times, ten times, fifteen times, and then move on to the next woman. I ain't trying to have no no emotionally profound, long-term relationship because they just feel like most of the women in today's society are are particularly, again, the younger women are of low quality. They feel like they're very superficial, and they're very and and some of their a lot of their criticisms are valid. Some of them may be to one degree or another invalid, but a lot, a lot of their criticisms based on what I've seen and observed and women I've interacted with myself, the, a lot of their criticisms are fairly valid. So, yeah. And, again, that's why most of my clients, I would say only about maybe 10 or 15% of the clients I work with are l- even looking for a long-term girlfriend or, or a future wife. But because of things you mentioned, like, the, like for example, a lot of men are pissed off nowadays on how the court system heavily favors women when it comes to divorce and child support. Matter of fact, a quick plug for next week. Next week, guys, I'm going to be talking to a guy who goes by a pseudonym. His, he goes by the name Rollo Tomasi. Rollo Tomasi. And he wrote a book that a lot of men, particularly men who are into what's known as MGTOW, men going their own way. They they live by this book. It's called The Rational Male. The Rational Male. And so next week, a week from tonight, I'm going to be talking to him about the hypergamy of women. Hypergamy of women. Um, but yeah, a lot of men, they, they just, a lot of men today are very jaded towards long-term relationships and marriage. Um, and now, well, it should be. In fact, that's the name yeah. of my show. The name of my show is called The Men's Advocate. So every couple of months I will do a program on men's rights and what all the new developments are in the legal land. And, uh, you know, I have a boatload of callers and, and listeners who write, write to me saying how they, they're getting the shaft in the court system. Um, you know, a, a woman could say you attacked me and you certainly didn't have anything to do with that, you know, but she can go in there and lie. And unfortunately, a lot of these judges, they don't check out the facts and they just sign the order and you're you're uh, behind the eight ball and you have to spend tens and thousands of dollars getting your kid back or getting a job back or or, I mean, it's just a nightmare. And I think the reason why it's such a nightmare today is because a lot of our young people were, were raised by women, by solely by women. And mothers, bless their hearts, but each child needs a male figure in their life. You have to learn how to navigate both genders. Not just your mom. Your mom doesn't know anything. I mean, doesn't know everything. Excuse my. Um, she doesn't know everything. Moms are great. They're good for a lot of things. I myself am a mom. I might not have liked my child's father, but I never denied her from seeing her father. Never spoke bad about him. 
um, you know, she's got to have a relationship with her father because I think it's important. So well, yeah. a lot of these, these, a lot of these moms, they don't want to have anything to do with that. Get away from my child, especially get away from my son. Don't get me started on that one. But, yeah, I don't uh, want to get you, you know, started. They don't on that again. allow the father to interact with their children. So I don't care what kind of deadbeat he is, and he might be, but still, that father figure is a very important figure in the child's life. And if she cannot bring him, physically bring him around the real dad, then you better find another male figure for your kids to hang out with. You better find grandpa or uncle or a sports coach or a religious figure or whoever it is, but just the single mom raising these kids on her own is not enough. That's why you have gold digger girls today is because they don't even know how to select a man. They have no idea on how to evaluate a man's character. So what are they going to evaluate? The size of your wallet, you know, what kind of car you have, where you live. You know, they're very materialistic because that's the materialistic way is very obvious, but that doesn't indicate what kind of person you are. So they don't know how to evaluate what kind of person they're they're going they're going on a date with. Well, a lot of women don't seem to care. See, here's the scenario I see a lot, and this is what my listeners know I talk about a lot. I've been in my lifetime, for better or for worse, I've been a lot of women's other man. Like I've I've had sex with a lot of married women, women who were engaged, women who had long term boyfriends. And what I, and this is something I talk about in my book, The Possibility of Sex, is that a, a former, I see a lot of women have adopted, starting with my 20s, is a lot of women will get a nice guy, beta male type, somebody who they know they can easily control, influence, manipulate. They'll get that guy as the long-term boyfriend or the husband, and then they'll get a more alpha male type guy as their lover on the side. And so, and see, this is where I, I, I ended up disagreeing with you. I think the first time you were on my show and rereading, there's a section where you say something to the fact that, well, you even kind of suggested in this conversation that, that women aren't as into casual sex or non-monogamous sex as men are. And this is why I disagree because I mean, a lot of times when I was a woman's other men, women were fucking me in what I would call a casual manner, and they didn't have an issue with it. I was like their designated fuck <laughs> on the side. I mean, seriously, I, there's a lot of, and this is why I tell guys, like, like I've gotten into a lot of debates on message boards where guys will say, oh, Alan, your book is bullshit because every man knows that the key to successful women is to have a lot of money and a lot of material possessions, and a lot of status. And I'm like, that's bullshit because if that was 100% true, how would I be fucking women whose husbands were making six figures when I was only making twenty-five or thirty grand a year? Sometimes, times when I—I I can mean times when I was broke and unemployed, and I was fucking women who had boyfriends or fiancés who were making high five figures or six figures. So, if money and material possessions was the number one thing that attracted women, how would I be able to do that? So 
but that, my own experiences let me know that that's bullshit. And when a, I tell men all the time, when a woman want, really just wants some good dick, I mean, that's literally all she wants is to be fucked really, really good. She don't care if you drive in a Mercedes or a Honda Accord. She don't care if you got a house on the beach or or an uh, apartment in the city when all she wants is just dick. Now, for again, for boyfriend purposes, husband purposes, yeah, women, most women do want all that shit, but not for strictly sexual purposes. Um, listeners, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my first intermission break. If you want to call in with questions or comments for my guest, Linda Gross, I see a couple people already. Um, I see area code 443. I see area code 310. I see a bunch of people in my phone queue, including my main man who I didn't see earlier, Irvin V. Pulliam III. Happy belated birthday. I gave you a birthday shout-out, EVP3, last week, but you weren't here, and I didn't expect you to be here on your birthday. But, yeah, EVP3's birthday was last uh, a week ago today, so glad to see him in my phone queue. But yeah, I see about fifteen, sixteen people in my phone queue, but I only see right now three people with their hand raised. You got to press the number one if you want to ask a question or make a comment. Press the number one. And anyway, um, I'm gonna take an intermission break, and then I'm gonna come back with more questions and conversation. With Linda, so don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. No one. You're about to enter into the erotic zone with yours truly, Alan Roger Curry, the king of verbal seduction. This is the erotic conversationalist. <laughs> This is Diana DeVoe, and you're listening to Alan Roger Curry, a.k.a. the king of verbal seduction, right here on the Erotic Conversationalist. This is Layla Odom, and you're listening to Alan Roger Curry, a.k.a. the king of verbal seduction, right here on the Erotic Conversationalist. This is Bella. And this is Charlie. And, and we're dancers from the legendary Scorch Strip Club in New York City. And you're listening to Alan Roger Curry. A.K.A. the King of Verbal Seduction, right here on the Erotic Conversationalist. This is Alexandra Kanahakis, and you're listening to Alan Roger Curry, A.K.A. the King of Verbal Seduction, right here on the Erotic Conversationalist. This is Nick Shroom, and you're listening to Alan Roger Curry, A.K.A. the King of Verbal Seduction, right here on the erotic conversationalist. This is Ambrosia Cummings, and you're listening to Alan Roger Curry, a.k.a. the king of verbal seduction, right here on the erotic conversationalist. This is Brandy L. Davis, and you're listening to Alan Roger Curry, a.k.a. the king of verbal seduction, right here on the erotic conversationalist. This is Nikki Ransom, and you're listening to Alan Roger Curry, a.k.a. the king of verbal seduction. Right here on the Erotic Conversationalist. Episodes of the Erotic Conversationalist are available as a downloadable MP3 file from www.mode1.net. All right, I'm going to go with my next caller, area code 310. 310. You are now up front and straightforward with Alan Roger Curry. What's 
us your question or comment. I used to date lots of women, both in high school and in college and in medical school, and people used to always ask me, you're not the best-looking guy, you're not the richest guy out there, how are you getting all these women? And essentially, the answer is actually quite simple. It's essentially having the confidence and knowing what you want to do. Oh, thank you, thank you, Master Allen. <laughs> say that again. Yes, Master Allen. Oh, say that again. <laughs> Yes, sir, Master Allen. I like that. Hey, buddy, thank you so much for having me. That is easily the nicest introduction that I've ever had. If you want women to view you as nothing more than a purely platonic friend, then go right ahead and continue to do what you've been doing up to this point. But if you want women to view you as the type of man who is romantically and sexually desirable, then you need to go to www.audible.com right now and download all three of Alan Roger Curry's audiobooks. Listen to each one of them very carefully. Alan is the king of verbal seduction and offers you much-needed dating advice that will help you improve your interpersonal communication skills with women almost immediately. Do not end up as a woman's play brother. Become her lover instead. Mode one. Single, lonely, confused, join me. I invite you to listen to the most informative and entertaining talk radio show on the internet for single men and single women looking to enhance their social lives, love lives, and or sex lives. Get on the phone right now and tell one or two of your single friends to listen to Upfront and Straightforward with yours truly, Alan Roger Curry, Thursday evenings at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, and 7 p.m. on the West Coast, right here on the Blog Talk Radio, Internet Radio Network. We now return to my interview and discussion with men's dating coach, Linda Rose, on Upfront and Straightforward with Alan Roger Curry, right here on the Blog Talk Radio, Internet Radio Network. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Upfront and Straightforward with Alan Roger Curry. Um, this is my, I think my fifth, yeah, I want to say this is my fifth female guest I've had of the 2015-2016 season. And you know, <laughs> what's been interesting, a lot of my listeners have not liked hardly any of my female guests, except for one, JoLynn Clemens, who I interviewed in December about Zoxy, XOXY.com, XOXY.com. Now, the men and women love JoLynn, but everybody else. So we're going to see after tonight what's going to be the reaction. But this guest has been on my show before. Her name is Linda Gross. And when I interviewed her the last time, her book was called 
the caveman formula, the four keys to conquering women. Now that exact same book has had the title modified. The contents is still the same, but the title is now Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. And I read most of her book the first time I interviewed her in 2013. I read some more of it. It's a long book. It's like about 400 pages. And um, as with a lot of books I read of my guests, (laughs) there's things in her book that I definitely agree with. I'd say probably 40 to 50% of the book I think I agree with, and about 50 to 60% of stuff in her book I have some degree of disagreement, if only a partial disagreement. Um, I got to give shout-outs again. I see Charles D. is in my chat room. I see CLG3 is in my chat room. Cousin Pete Puma is in my chat room. Diva, Diva ain't really in my chat <laughs> I know Diva. She multitasking. She doing something else, but she giving the impression she's still in my chat room. Bless her heart. I got my guest, Linda Gross. She's in my chat room. I got Edgar Renteria, 92. He's in my chat room. My main man, Frankie. Frankie is in my chat room. Um. I love hear Frankie's. Everybody know I'm a I'm a I'm a voice connoisseur for women and men. I, I I pay attention to people's voices. And Frankie, he probably gets tired of me juicing his head up about his voice, but he has this real deep resonant voice that almost doesn't match his face because <laughs> he got a baby face. But he got this really deep resonant voice. Cracks me up every time I listen to it. I got a number of guests. In my chat room, I got Jazz Kaz. Yeah. Speaking of voice, I always got to drop my voice for Jazz Kaz. I, I told you, I always think of Jazz Kaz wearing this white tuxedo with a black bow tie like James Bond. And he's in this high upscale restaurant. And this woman says, excuse me, what is your name? And he says, Kaz. Jazz Kaz. <laughs> ah, that's my boy. I got Kelsey. In the chat room, low-key, low-key, I'm going to call low-key brother digression. You know, low-key, boy, low-key get on the phone, he'd be like, yeah, Alan, yeah, Linda Gross is cool and all, but check this out. I was in Alaska last week, right? And I want to know, how do you pull Alaskan women in the summertime? <laughs> ah, that's my boy, low-key. I got maxed out. In my chat room, I got P plus. P plus is telling me he got much love and respect for me. Oh man, he trying to get me choked up, man. I love it when, when, when my guys tell me they got a lot of love and respect for me. So that's my chat room, and I already gave my good buddy who's listening in the phone queue, Irvin V. Pulliam the third. We known each other forever. EVP three from Seattle. So. Um, oh, before I open my phone lines, I wanted to quickly say, related to that last point I made just before the intermission break, about how a lot of guys try to say that uh, money and women is the key to success, money and material possessions and all that stuff is the key to women. Remember just a few episodes ago, I was telling you about this woman I used to have sex with that I refer to as Sharon, that's not her real name, but uh, 
Shan is a, a classic example. Shan was a woman who was a self-proclaimed gold digger. I mean, that's what I respect about it. She was a gold digger, and she would tell you she was a gold digger. Like, most women try to deny that they're gold diggers. But Sharon was this woman I used to mess around with when I lived in Los Angeles. She was living in San Diego. She used to mess around with, like, NFL players and other guys who had big, big money. But, like, when I was fucking her, I was making, like, an average amount of money. I mean, I wasn't broke, but I was – I was, and she told me. She was more one with me. She said, Alan, because – this is one of the few women, usually it's the the woman who wants the long-term monogamous relationship, and it's the man who just wants casual sex. Well, as I mentioned on that episode, with me and Sharon, it was actually just the opposite. I actually wanted to be in a long-term relationship with her. I wanted to be in a, you know, a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship with her, but she just wanted casual sex. She just wanted to fuck. She, and she told me straight up. She said, Allie, you you don't make enough money for me to date." That's what she told me. She she told me, and I respected that. She said, she said, she's just honest. She said, "You don't make enough money for me to to date in a relationship." She said, "I need a guy that's making at least hundred twenty five, hundred fifty grand a year." And um, but we fucked for a number of months, and then later on we became friends. So anyway, I want to point that out. But um, now I'm going to open my phone lines, uh, starting with Erico 443-443. You are now up front and straightforward with Alan Roger Curry and my special guest, dating coach Linda Gross. What's your question and or comment? Hey, this is Journal. You know what time it is. What's going on? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, Joe. You know you cracked me up. Oh no, you was just kind of <laughs> mellow today. You was kind of cool with it today. You was like, "Yeah, this journal. Yeah, what's up? This journal." Because <laughs> listen, I'm laughing because I was teasing him last week that he reminds me of Tracy Morgan's character, Brian Fellows. He always says emphatically, "I'm Brian Fellows," <laughs> and Journal would always call in, "I'm Journal. This is Journal." <laughs> but today he was real low key. He was like, "Yeah, this is Journal. What's up? What's up?" So, Journal, listening to this conversation so far, what's a, a question you have for my guest, Linda, or what's a comment you have related to what we've discussed thus far? Um, I just want to comment on what you both discussed thus far. I think, Linda, like out of the female guests that you've had for this season, I think she's definitely a very awesome and intelligent. And I'm definitely um, a little bit familiar with her radio show. I've listened, listened to some of it through the TuneIn app, correct? Aw, thank you so much. That is correct. Yes, uh, yeah, I, I subscribe to a few shows on there, and I listen to your show, and uh, a lot of things you say I definitely totally agree with as far as I wanted to commend you and thank you for being that, like definitely being an advocate because I say a lot of times people don't want to see that um, a lot of a lot of what fractures today's dating relationships and things is the fact that a lot of um, a lot of things in the government um, women have used the advantage. The government has kind of taken that role of a man. It kind of demasculated men in certain aspects where women feel like they have, where they feel like they could take advantage of the court systems, and that replaces the man in the life of not only in children's lives, but in the aspects of also men being able to to date, and a lot of men being raised to be. Um, alpha males and be a provider. 
That's why we have a, like a lot of lost men. Absolutely. <clears throat> I, I stand up. I, I am the men's voice in that area because I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong that a lot of uh, women today take advantage of men in this way, you know, to, to the woman's advantage. And um, to get there by, by lying and deceit, uh, you know, I, I can't have that. So I am the men's voice in that area, and I often talk, talk about that subject on my show and I follow the law, and I have attorneys on my show to talk about it as well. And I really appreciate your support and your tuning in. Oh, no, I'm going to continue to listen, definitely. I mean, like I said, I'm a fan of your show. I love it. Like I said, I mean, I do love the tuning in. I listen to other shows as well. And it's another show I listen to right after yours, The Dog and Diamonds, where he kind of talks about some of the same things as far as vacillation and certain things that happen as well. So, I got to listen to that. Um, but I'm not going to take up too much time. I mean, what I did want to comment on as far as um, what you both were speaking about as far as with women giving, like women um, giving men dating advice and also with women not telling men about how to get them, how to get their pussies wet and things like that. I do notice a lot of women don't, Really good advice. And it's not take away from you, Linda, because I said I, I saw. I said I saw. I heard some of the stuff of where you're coming from, but we would have to say in general, a lot of women when when they when they put out dating books or when they put out dating advice, they don't really talk about the sexual about what really turns on their sexual drive. And also, I wanted to add. I want to comment on Alan Roger Curry. You know, when he was talking about as far as you know uh, material. And um, you know, material things and money being the key to success with women. I totally agree with your point, man. Because I got an uncle, literally, like I mean, I can't say this dude, but I used to be like in high school. This dude, literally, I would see him, like, like he'd be banging nurses. Like my uncle be on um, welfare, be on whatever, got all these kids, and like I'd be seeing some of the women he pulled. And he just be like, yo, I just deposited the dick. That's it. I don't talk. I don't. I don't give them no love, no none of that. Like all oh, they want is just a dick. I mean, they just they know they they just show up when they lunch out. I'm like, my uncle be in the projects. I'll be like, they be pulling up in Lexuses. I'll be like, they know they gonna their car gonna get jacked in about thirty minutes, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like these ones, and, and I and I saw that, and I and I kept seeing that, and then not only that in general, and then not only that also, I noticed. Um, even a lot of men, not besides my uncle, a lot of men in my life, in in my area, it's like I know I usually see a lot of men who you who have a great gift of gab or they know how to communicate well and they have a character and persona that gives them the success. I don't think it's the material things because a lot of them don't even they like. A lot of people told me, like, dude, why are you buying stuff? Why are you doing that? I don't spend a dime. Like, you out, you out, I mean, my, my uncle even told me one time, he said, why are you taking a woman on a date? Why are you paying for it and all that? He was like, shoot, I'll be, I'll shoot. When I was your age, I was fucking. I mean, think about it, Journal. Think about this for a second. If material possessions was the key to getting a woman's pussy wet, then how is men getting pussy, women's pussies wet before the invention of cars, before the inventions of houses on the beach, before the inventions of Rolex watches? 
I mean, all most of the status-related shit, that's recent shit. That's shit that's only been around for the last 50, 100, 150 years and so on. I mean, human beings been around for like a million years, man. I mean, and it was fucking forever. And so motherfuckers didn't have these, these convertible Mercedes to impress women before the inventions of cars and shit, but they were still getting pussy. And, and, and again, my own experiences just tell me simply that just about all the women that I've had casual sex with, money didn't have shit to do with it. Like, I, you, Journey, you probably hear me tell, there's, there's one particular story I told a bunch of times on this very show about this graduate student I used to fuck in L.A. She was a graduate student at UCLA. This woman was engaged to a guy who was a multi-millionaire. He owned his own, like, computer software company or something. But he was like a millionaire. He bought her a Porsche 911. She was driving a Porsche 911, and he bought her. But guess who was fucking her on the side? Me. You. I was fucking on a regular, I mean, she was like my beck and call fuck. Anytime I called and said, I want my dick sucked or I want some pussy, she was like, yes, sir. There, isn't, I, there, there isn't one word in my book that says that the guy needs money or any status item to make it work, to have sex, or to win her over. There isn't one word, because I agree with you guys. It's it's fake. It's it's all a lie. Women will have you believe they're all all for the status and the money and the this and the that. And uh, while much of that is true, um, you know what? That's not the number one thing that's going to get her in bed with you. The number no, one what? thing you were asking about uh, your uncle a moment ago. The number one thing women have to have. They have to have this quality more than they need. Air is confidence. So if you have I mean, confidence and if you have a way of talking to her, you are getting in. Is that yeah, I, 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 that's I agree what with you. Yeah. That's, that's what, what I tell guys, me. basically, is confidence combined with great verbal communication skills and, and verbal seduction skills. If you've got those two things going for you, yeah, you don't need no convertible Mercedes or a house on the beach to get a one. Now, well, I would partially disagree. No, I, I wouldn't say that. Days. I wouldn't say women don't want those things because there are definitely women who do want material. But what I would say more accurately is that the guys who they want all that financial support and material shit from are not the same guys they really want to fuck. Those guys they just want to use basically as a sugar daddy. But those ain't the guys who really get their pussy dripping wet. They usually, most women who have a guy that got all that financial shit, status shit, they 90 to 99% that they going to have at least one guy on the side who ain't got none of that shit that they fucking. Right, because they're not getting, they're not getting it at home. They're not getting it with uh, Poindexter over there. So that's why (laughs) they're going to come to you. Yeah, that's what you've got that you've got that animal drive, that animal instinct drive that women crave. And that's what the guys who are sitting at home not being able to put the parts together, that's what they have to learn, take away from this episode is it's you have to master you before you can master her. 
So it's, exactly, it's all about your, your your inner strength and your and your self-assuredness and how you come across. That's it. That's what's going to win her over. Oh, amen. Hey, um, Journal, what were you going to say? Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, I totally agree. I mean, like, at last, like, when I met up with a group of uh, people I practice Spanish with, like, I was telling them, like, everybody, the crazy thing, we was all sitting around telling, like, our crazy, like, encounters with police and everything. And I was saying, my craziest encounter, and they were like, you beat us out. And I said, my story was, I was like, I was in the car with a minister, with a female minister, and we were, like, making out, getting hot and heavy. And as I was about to penetrate it, the police knocked on my, on her car door. It was like, you know, and all, and I said, I told, and I told the police officer, and I was like, I said, like, he was like, how you get out the situation? I was like, I was like, I just was conscious. I said, officer, if you was in this situation, you'd be doing the same thing I'd be doing, you know. And I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm about to get out. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, no, I ain't gonna lock you up, whatever. He's like, yo, y'all need to take that inside, you know. What I mean, y'all can't be out here having sex in the car and everything. And like everybody looked. And, like, everybody in the group looked at me, right? They were like, yo, how did you do that? They were like, yo, you talk about how you was riding the bus. Like, and they were like, and I'm like, she's a minister. Oh, my God, how could you? And I said, but the thing about me is I'm confident in myself, and I'm honest, and I let her know from jump. Like, when she called me after I changed numbers with her, I told her straight up, I said, look, I I find you highly attractive, and sexually, and if we're gonna deal with each other, then that's how it's gonna be. I mean, I, I I'm into your body, and like I said I understand where you're coming from, and if I'm detrimental to your position, we can end this. We can end this encounter at any moment, at any time. And I said it just like that, and I was cool, calm, and collective. And I was like, I didn't mind being honest with myself. And she called me back, and I was like, and I said, and I said, I kid you not. I said after I said that, a day later, I had a migraine. And she called me back playing with herself on the phone, squirting and everything <laughs> was like, Yo, you got my pussy. So and she was like she was like, I never had a man talk to me. Like she was like, I go to she was like, everybody think because 'cause I'm a minister, because of my position, they think like 'cause I'm in a guy like I want some dick, you know what I mean? Like, so wait, journal, like, let me recap this. You had a minister playing with a pussy on the phone? Yes, I did. I swear to I was Yeah. You, you get my applause, kudos on that, man. I, I love that. I swear, yeah. I swear, I, I can't, I can't make that up. And I said, I even told him that at the, at the, you know, we all had dinner at a Mexican restaurant, President Spanish. And I was like, and I was like, and I was like, I'm not trying to beat out Chicago. He's like, you? They're like, how you do that? And I was like, because I was confident and I was honest in myself, and I did, and I saw her as a person. I didn't just look at the title. I looked past that and saw a woman, and I said. You you do make me horny. You have a nice body. I like the way your shape looks. I mean, I called her one day. She was coming from the laundromat, and I said, I let her know. I let her know straight up. And I said, the cops end up coming to the. I was like, I was like, that's who the cops. Okay, let, let me stop you right here, Journal. Let me stop because you brought up an important point, and at this point, I want to stress. I've stressed it before, but I want to stress it again to my male listeners. Wait, first, I'm gonna ask you a dumb question, but I'm gonna ask it. Do you think this? Any difference between how a man who's a construction worker's dick works versus a man who's a Supreme Court judge? Or would you say all men's dicks get hard? Every man gets hard. There you go. So knowing that every man's dick get hard, there's some of you men, not a lot of you, but there's some men I've heard make statements to me like, 
Uh, Alan, I know I wouldn't be able to seduce her within the first day of the first week because she's a lawyer or she's a doctor or she's a college professor or she's this, she's that. Man, if you got a pen and paper, just write this simple note to yourself. All women got a pussy that gets wet. All women. The only exception I ever give is a woman who's experienced some type of sexual trauma, like maybe she was raped or her father molested her or something like that. She might train her mind to get turned off by sex. But other than women who experience it, because, you know, I don't want to do too much tooting my own horn here, but my listeners and male clients know I seduce all those those careers I just mentioned, I seduce within a week or less after I met them. I fucked doctors within a week after I met them. I fucked lawyers within a week after I met them. I fucked college professors within a week after I met them. I used to have a woman that was a phone sex client of mine. She was a fucking judge. She was a judge, and we she used to pay me for phone sex. So oh, men who get hung up on these careers, y'all gotta y'all like rejecting yourself when you get hung up and, and say to yourself, Oh, I know I wouldn't be able to pull her. She's this and she got a PhD and she got a, all women got a pussy between their legs that gets wet. Amen, um, man. That's what that see see like and, and that's what I I'll be trying to say and it was like and I remember at work the next day, like when I like when my coworkers like found out what happened and everybody was looking at me, they was like, Oh, you gonna have we stand away from you. I'm like, Y'all be doing things on a grander level than me. I was like, this one dude at my job, like he was literally smashing every woman on the job and he would smash married women and like this dude had a set schedule. He was like money he was like, If you wanna smash me solo you got to talk to me Monday through Thursday. Friday, <laughs> you don't have to. He was like, he, to, he, said, he said, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it's a threesome minimum. You're going to have to share another girl with me, and you got to and you gotta do it on tape. And, like, this dude would tape every woman on his cell phone and, like, show the whole office, literally. And then the, his homeboy was like, yeah, you got to do that, and you got to take SC. I was like, I was like, yo, these dudes is well, I, I'm going to give your friend props. I'm going to give him props and a criticism, though. He shouldn't be sharing his business with everybody at work. I mean, no. that, that's not discreet, man. I'm all about being discreet. Now, yeah, like, for example, you notice with me, I kiss and tell on experiences, but I don't kiss and tell with no pictures, videos, and names. That's that's kind of foul. But I like the fact that he's letting women know that uh, – Certain days are for threesomes. But anyway, Journal, i got to move on to other callers, but I appreciate you calling in. As always, give me a nice mode one. Mode one. Mode one. Alan Roger Curry. Mode one. Get up front and straight forward. to area code 310-310, which is Los Angeles. I know that area code very well. You are now up front and straightforward with Alan Roger Curry and my special guest for the second time, Linda Gross. What's your question and or comment? Hello, Linda. Hello, Alan. This is CLG3. How y'all doing tonight? CLG3, what's up, man? Uh, man, nothing much, man. I'm just enjoying the show. Like always, Alan, I respect you immensely, and I'm always listening and learning. And hopefully uh, I can learn from uh, 
Linda because I have some questions for her and I want to see her thoughts. Okay. Thank you. Okay, well, Linda, um, I went to Amazon to check your book out, and I, I'm kind of feeding it. I try to put it in the chat room, but uh, on your on your book, uh, the Mastering Woman's page, it says yes. uh, book two. So what happened to book one? I'm just I'm just real curious. No, I only have I only have the one male book. Maybe okay, because well, it had a former name, but uh, it's uh, yeah. that's that's the book. Mastering Women is the current uh, name and title of the book. Yeah, so so I'm letting you know on the website on Amazon it says Dating Tips for Men, book two. So maybe you may want to get that. Check yeah, it. I'm looking at it. Actually, it does say that, Linda, and that's I can see why he's asking you that question because it it makes it seem the way they got it written like you got a book number one for me, and and this is book number two. I think because when you change the title, you have to tell Amazon that it's like a second edition or, you know, it's a different uh, edition than the original. Okay. So, I got you. Um, I got you. But, yeah. You know what you, if you want to take some, a little bit of quick business advice from me, you should, uh, and you might already have this in the works, but you should turn your book into an audio book because, man, I got to tell you, since I turned all of my paperbacks and Kindle ebooks into audiobooks, yes, my royalties are probably three to five times higher with audiobook royalties than ebook and paperback royalties. So that's just a quick little tip for you. Wow, how did Can you I, um, get put that all together? Because I actually did record the audio version, but then uh-huh. the editor <laughs> still hasn't put that together. I need to fire him and choose oh, somebody yeah, you need else to, fire to do him it. Then. Cause I did, I didn't work with that anybody else. Good. I did all mine myself. I, I recorded it at at home using my personal recording stuff. I wow. recorded, cause matter of fact, all my listeners have said that make the difference. Cause like a lot of authors, even some dating coaches, they use they hire narrators, yeah, to narrate their book. But all my listeners was like, Nah, Alan, I it wouldn't have been the same if you had somebody else narrate your books. So I narrated all three of my audio books. But yeah, just. Yeah, in terms of royalties, because the thing about audiobooks, I think they're the wave of the future, is because so many of my listeners, they tell me, oh, Alan, I listen to your audiobook while I'm driving. I listen to your audiobook while I'm working yeah. out. I listen to your audiobook while I'm cleaning my house. I listen to your audiobook while I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Whereas reading, you got to specifically sit down somewhere, and re- you can't really multitask when you're reading an e-book or a paperback. Agreed. Whereas you can multitask when, you know, a listener can multitask when they listen to an audiobook. So, yeah. So, yeah, I would fire that guy who's ever your, your <laughs> audio editor. Uh, you want me to give it to you? <laughs> you can do it. I'll pay you. Oh, shoot, yeah. We'll talk then. Yeah. Shoot. I'll pay you handsomely. Oh, okay. Shoot. <laughs> all right. All right. You're talking my language now. But anyway, uh, no, CLG3. He's, he's, he's had it for over six months. He hasn't done a darn thing with it. Oh, I mean, yeah, so, yeah. Fire is fucking overwhelmed ass. and it's too much and I don't know what. So, oh, no, no, it's no, all it's... there. It's A to Z. It's all there. Someone's just got to put it together, clean up, all, you know, the, you know how it is. Clean up the the the, the editing of it and uh, you're, we're good to go. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll talk about this then. We'll All talk right. about this. But getting back to you, CLG3, you said you had a few questions for us, so we we yeah. covered one. What's question number two for Linda? Well, I'm going to go to that question number two, but let me co-sign on what uh, Alan is saying. Um, 
with some books, if uh, like it's unabridged and it's exactly like what it is in the Kindle, I believe some of the books sync because I'm an avid reader. So you can go from one book and then start the audio book, and it will pick up exactly where you were reading it on the Kindle. And I'm pretty sure about that. I think with Alan's books, yeah, like mm-hmm. he he extends his books so it doesn't match up like that, you know. So it's not perfect with that, but it's it's, it's worth it. So. Most likely, people who uh, buy your Kindle book will buy the audio book because I will because I like to read, but then sometimes I can't read and I still want to continue, and I'm going to listen, especially when it's underbridged. I, I'm in it. I want to learn. So that's, yeah, that's, that's that, so I think you should. That's do it. funny you brought that up. That's I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, another thing. Well, I'm just going to repeat what he just said, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Audible has what's called this feature called Whisper Sync, and in order to qualify for a Whisper Sync audiobook, your audiobook he literally has to be word for word just like your Kindle ebook or your paperback. As yeah. it has to be just see whereas mine I wanted to give you could say my listeners some bonus so I extended like all of my audiobooks I added at least ten to twenty percent more shit in it than my paperbacks and ebook versions. So for a matter of fact my my first audiobook, Mall One, is actually really two books in one. I have a paperback called Upfront and Straightforward, like the title of this show. And so my Mall One audiobook is all of my Mold One paperback plus two thirds of Upfront and Straightforward. So really guys are getting a bonus when they buy my Mold One audiobook is yeah, they're getting one and two thirds books for the price of one. Um but yeah, I don't have a whisper sync feature. Um, but that is a cool feature because, like you said, yeah, G3, with the whisper sync, if you like to do both, like to read and listen, you can kind of go back and forth between the two two mediums. Right. Um, yeah. My my paperback and the ebook are the exact same book. It's you know you could pick up okay. one or pick up the other. They're they're the exact same books. And a lot of guys think that they're going to just read the ebook. They end up coming back to get the paperback book because they get so into it. They they tell me that there's so much information there that they Boy, have to get the paper book with the highlighter. And I have my guys reading it four, five, six times because they say every time I read it, I get something. I walk away with something new. Oh, I mi- how did I miss that? You know, it's like I oh, I better practice this. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, it's action-packed, and the cool thing is I have a very unique way of writing to where I'm writing at the reader's level. So you're, if you're a very advanced student and you can understand 20 layers deep, that's what you're going to come away with. And if you're a newbie and you're just getting into this and you have no idea how any of this dating and relationship stuff works, then that's what you're going to get too. So, um, you know, it just kind of goes in subliminally. So the guys who do read it more than once, they're really getting, um, it's like almost like getting like a whole other book every time they read it. Understood, understood. Uh, let me, I'm going to go to my question, but I got one more uh, uh, adage out or I'm the same with uh, Mo One. I kind of buying uh, e-books and gifting it, but I, sometimes you got to buy paperback because people don't have Kindles, so they can read Mo One. But let me get to my uh, my next uh, question. I see that you have other books. I saw a book called Hitched in 90 Days or Less, Attracting and Keeping the Man of Your Dreams. So 
I'm assuming that you have uh, women clients, correct? Yes, that's the book for women, yes. Okay, so I, my question is this, is um, what advice or what uh, type of teachings do you give women when it comes to uh, dealing with a polyamorous type man or dealing with short-term non-monogamous relationships? Because like myself, I, I, I uh, use the term date loosely, but I see and have a quote-unquote relationship with several women. So I wonder if you teach women to deal with that um, inevitability or uh, that option that may happen in relationships. Well, I, th- I think that women make the mistake of getting, um, you know, tied up to one guy too fast, and they attach feelings to it, and they blow it out of proportion, and they read more into the relationship than what's actually there. So I actually tell women to stop doing that and date around. Date two or three guys at the same time. You know, so if guys are doing it, two can play that game. So the, I, I advise women to, to also do that, date multiple men. I mean, she doesn't have to, I mean, a woman doesn't have to have sex with all these guys. I mean, I know you guys want sex with, with every woman you're with. But from a woman's point of view, she doesn't have to have sex with all these guys. But I think it's very important to keep her options open and to date multiple men. You know, okay. actually, uh, that, oh, before you go, I'm going to let you finish uh, CLG3, but I wanted to throw in. Yeah, I actually agree with that because I tell women that. I tell women the same advice. I say, because a lot of women have this, this fear that if they date multiple men again, see, what difference I find between men and women, generally speaking? Women tend to be much more concerned with what other people think about their behavior. Yes. And they did. They tend to be very fearful of labels such as slut, hoe, and any similar type labels. And but I tell women, I say, if you want a man to be the first one to bring up the idea of being in a relationship, instead of you being in a relationship, being the first one to bring it up, let him know that you're seeing multiple men, because then he's gonna feel like he's in competition with other men, and he's gonna wanna. Snatch you away from the competition Because I know some women Who I'm still very cool with That have confirmed that that That's how they snag their current husbands Or current boyfriends Is because they let those guys know That they were seeing multiple men And then it was the man who said Oh I want to tie you down I don't want you seeing these other men I want you just with me Because see a lot of women always say Nah it's always the women who have to be the first ones to initiate it. That's bullshit. So, because if you let a guy know that he's your only option, and I say the same thing to men about women, this goes for both genders. If you let anybody know that they are your only option for romantic and sexual companionship, people are going to put you on the shelf. They're going to put you, figuratively speaking, they're going to put you on the shelf because they know you ain't going nowhere. And that goes again for both men and women. Like I tell men, never, I have this phrase, I posted in my group that a lot of guys got a kick out of. I say, I have this phrase, no first prizes. I tell men, never give a woman first prize. The, the only time a woman should feel like she's your, your, your number one woman is when you've actually made her. You know, like when you put a ring on her finger, when you marry her, get engaged to her, or at bare minimum, You've made that woman your your long term girlfriend, but prior to that, in my opinion, you want to always make a woman feel like she's in competition with at least one other woman 
for your attention and companionship. And I would say the same thing with women. You want a man to feel like he's in competition with at least one or two other men for your attention and companionship. Otherwise, again, they're going to put you on the shelf. But go ahead, my brother. I know you had a couple more questions and comments. I I thoroughly agree with that, Alan. And I tell women that whenever you don't act like a typical woman, that's when you're going to stand out. So if you're not always taking their call, if you're not always going on the date, if you're, you know, seeing other men or you're busy, your life is busy, your life is already full. This is just having this guy in your life is just a little icing on the cake. You're already complete yourself. You don't need him. You know, I see women, you know, after the first date, they're already moving in their toothbrush. They're moving in their <laughs> yoga yeah. pants. They're, in, you know, the next date after that, they're moving in their tampon. I'm like, really? It's yeah. like, you know, guys are begging me to move in something. Keep some weekend clothes. Yeah. Keep a toothbrush, yeah, something. And I'm like, no, I'm cool. And then, you know, yeah. they're like, well, I want you to stop seeing other people. And I'm like, no, I'm cool. I'm, I'm happy seeing other people. You know, and they think, then they have to stop in their tracks like, wow, what does she have? Why is she not clingy like everybody else? So whenever a woman does something that's out of the norm, hell yeah, you're going to stand out. And he will want to get to know you better because you're not treating him the same way that all the other women are treating him. Okay, okay. Can I ask some more questions Yeah, now? please do. Fire okay. away. So. Uh, me, I think I'm a, I'm a big advocate of, of, of mode one being mode one. So I know that you deal with women. So do you allow women to let men be part of a, a quote unquote fun club? I hope you know what, what we mean by fun clubbing. So I don't know if Linda knows about fun clubbing. Okay. You know about well, my term fun clubbing, Linda? No, tell me. Okay, fun clubbing would be, I'll use you as an example. If I met you at say some social event. And I knew deep down I either wanted to date you in a relationship or at minimum I wanted to casually fuck you. But I spent a number of weeks, months, maybe even a year or two pretending like I'm content with just being your purely platonic play brother, you know, your your friend. That means I'm fun clubbing. And my strong assertion I always tell men is that the vast majority of male-female friendships are not really male-female friendships. They're fun clubbing. Most guys, it's only a handful of guys who genuinely want to be just friends with a woman. But I always say this. If a woman can get a man's dick hard, there is no friendship. I cannot be purely platonic friends with a woman that gets my dick hard. I'm serious. Yeah. I can't. Uh, well, right. I'll, I'll sit, now let me add in. It depends on the frequency of contact. Now, if I if yep. there's a woman I only interact with, say once, two, twice, three times a year, yeah. But if I'm interacting with a woman, say on a week to week, month to month basis, and I find her very sexy and attractive, I ain't trying to be friends with that woman because I'm always I'm always want to fuck her. I'm yep. always want to fuck her. Yeah, and I are, tell me, don't fool yourself. Yeah. You said what? Women are stupid to that fact because women don't oh. think that way. Most women don't oh. think that way. They, uh, think, yeah, oh, they, they, they delude themselves into the, the not thinking that way is oh, what they do. My friend, I think, he he uh, helped me paint the living room today and, you know, they, two nah, weeks ago he helped me go buy tires or whatever. He's my friend. 
What are you talking nah, about? Nah. But no. Women, okay. In. So, so when Can I get into this? Fun club, I, I call being a vulture. A vulture means the he that animal lets another animal find the prey and kill the prey. And he'll come in and and pick the pickings, pick the meat after some other animal, the alpha male, did all the work. It's the same thing. Okay, I didn't okay. totally understand that analogy. But see, OG, three, go, go ahead. What, what, what were you saying? Well, she just caught me. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying her, but she got me uh, just a little bit lost because I'm saying women know. Like I talk to a girl. Now, just in general, just having a conversation. So I just, you know, I'm, I guess I'm always having blunt conversation about stuff I want to talk about. So I asked her, hey, how does a man, like, something I think uh, Alan said, how does, how does a man respect you that you know that he wants to fuck you? And she was like, well, a woman just knows. So I said, okay, you know this guy wants to fuck you. He takes you out. You go out three or four dates. And after the fourth date, you're like, uh, you know what? I'm not interested. He was just wasting his fucking time. So I'm, I'm saying, do you teach women to be more straightforward? I, w- I wouldn't have a problem if a chick said, hey, Charles, you're not going to get none of this pussy, but you can take me to the movies, you can hang out with me, but you're never going to fuck. We can just be friends. Now, it would be on me if I went out with her. You know what there I mean? There you I, go. It would be on you. So that, that, that's what I want to know, if, if, because you say you give advice to both men and women, and you know how men think. So I'm wondering, are you teaching women exactly how men think? Cause I tell you, I don't have no – when I say I got female friends, every female friend I got, I fuck. The only female friends I got really is at work, and we don't because I'm not fucking you. And we, if we kick it off out of work, they're getting fucked, and I'm telling them this. So <laughs> to keep me as your friend, just say hi to me at work. Don't ever ask me to go out. We're cool. Cause I'm a so, Linda, I guess this question is when you teach, give women advice, do you tell them to straightforwardly reject men, or you tell them to go out on two, three, four dates and then reject a man? I don't believe in going out on three, four dates, no. A woman knows in the first five to 15 minutes if she's going to go to bed with you. I but totally agree with that. Unfortunately, women don't operate that way in real life, and she will go on dates and you know, for however long as you're going to keep her around. She'll go out with you for six okay. months, right? So and she you, won't, she so won't have her? a... She won't have a, a bad conscience about it or anything. And then she'll finally dump him at the six months. And, like, girl, you knew in five minutes. Why were you going out with him for six see, months? See, and, Linda, well, this is – I'm glad you two, we're talking about this because this is what I wanted to talk about on when you had me as a guest on your show last night. This is where my concept of the manipulative time waster comes in, and, and CLG3 already knows about this. But I'm going to quickly yeah. remind my listeners if they – some new listeners might not know, but I have four categories of women in my books, and that's the reciprocator, rejector, the wholesome pretender, and a manipulative time waster. And a manipulative time waster is pretty much what Linda just described. That's a woman. She knows. She said within the first five to 15 minutes. I always say within the first 30 seconds to 15 minutes because mm-hmm. surveys have shown that some women know within the first 30 seconds after they meet a guy whether or not they're going to fuck them. They might be indecisive on when they're going to fuck them, but they ain't indecisive on if they're going to fuck them. But if a woman knows from the get-go that she doesn't want to date you and she doesn't want to have sex with you, but yet she continues to allow you to take her out on dates and just generally interact with her, that's a manipulative time waster. And CLG3, you know, I think you know what audio clip I'm going to play right now 
to let people know my feelings on women wasting my motherfucking time. Today, you're wasting my motherfucking time. Don't waste my motherfucking time! <laughs> Linda, that's from the movie Heat with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Al Pacino's yeah. character says that. Don't waste my money. But anyway, so again, CLG was asking you, do you do you specifically encourage women, or I should say, discourage women from being manipulative time wasters? Absolutely, because I don't I don't believe it myself. I'm not that type of person, and I get all the all the kind of guys that I want to get. What is all that noise? Somebody's doing some background noise, like I they're know. cooking or some shit. Did yeah, you I, 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 yeah, I was making a salad real fast, but I'm done oh, with yeah. that. Dang, bro, come on, man. <laughs> that's just loud in the motherfucker, man. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, I got some other callers. So was that it for you, CLG3? Or you got? Yeah, I'll let you get one more question in. No, nah, I'm good, man. I, 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 okay. I, I, totally enjoyable. Okay. I'm a reader of books. And uh, if the books uh, live up to the hype, I'm going to give you credit, but if you let me down, I'm going to blast you all out. I'm looking forward to reading this. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to blast you all out. That's give me a right. nice mold one. I'm looking, mold. I'm looking forward to your comments, and, and hit me up on okay. Facebook. By the way, my Facebook fan page is The Men's Advocate Show. The Men's Advocate Show. Linda, you just oh, did a big you. no-no right there. You just did Uh-oh. a I'm going to have to admonish you. Don't ever interrupt a listener when I tell them to say mold one. That is a big no-no on this show. My you bad. get your ass muted on my show for doing that. <laughs> so don't ever, don't ever do that again, ever. Uh, go ahead, CLG three. Hey, you got to tell her to say yes, sir. Yes, I'm sorry, sir, Linda. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Okay, good girl. Go ahead, CLG three. Mode one. Mode one. Alan Roger Curry. Up front, straightforward. Alan Roger Curry. Okay, I see 907 is in uh, my phone queue. If you're in my phone queue already, press the number one to let me know that you have a question or comment. Oh, there's JD. Somebody was asking about JD earlier. <laughs> JD is in the house. See, I thought JD wasn't in the house. Um, but yeah, press the number one. Um, I see the people who have pressed number one is, I saw 907, and now they, did they drop off? I saw 907, but now 907 is gone. I see 438 and 615, that's JD. Um, Okay, I'm going to take a second intermission break, and then I'm going to come back and get 438 and 615. But before I do, now, Linda, Miss Linda, Go ahead and plug all the stuff you want to plug. All right. So two things I want to plug is one is the book, Mastering Women. You can find it on my website, which is themensadvocate.com, or you can find it in ebook and in paperback book on Amazon. And the other thing that I wanted to plug is my show. I have a radio show every Wednesday. 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can find all the details on how to connect on the radio show by going to my Facebook fan page, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. And thank you. (laughs) Uh, 
Listeners, I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hey, I'm Dangerously. And you may have read my short story, Till Death Do Us Part, in the New York Times best-selling anthology, Succulent, Chocolate Flavored Tips, presented by Zane. Well, things get even hotter between the pages of Keep Your Panties Up and Your Skirt Down. Check it out at PantiesUpSkirtDown.com. And remember, keep it dangerous. What's up, folks? This is Alan Ratchet Curry of Upfront, Straightforward, and Mode One fame. And if you're a music lover, I urge you to listen to Madison Media Radio. It's not just music, but it is music with a purpose. Right here on the Blog Talk Radio, Internet Radio Network. Do you think that guys, to one degree or another, have to play the role of the bad boy to attract women, or they just need to remain who they are and just, you know, be patient? No, they need to combine their game. They need to go in with an attitude that I'm going to be a gentleman, but I'm also letting you know that I'm attracted to you. You know, I want to kiss you. I want to hold you. I want to, you know, I want to take you out. I want to date you. You know, if you think I want to get in your pants, you're probably right. But at the same time, I like you. I like you. I want to see you. You know, there's more single women than married women in the United States. Oh, oh okay. yeah. It's over 51%. Yeah. Oh, there's more okay. There's more single women than married women in the United States right now. <laughs> First time ever in history. Mindsets is correct. Somewhere there's a woman that's that's balanced, that's God focused, that you no, know, she gives because she wants to give, not because she's trying to hook somebody with her giving. But she values herself. She recognizes her good qualities, acknowledges her bad qualities, and this is the person that's balanced and ready to be in a healthy relationship.
get on the phone right now and tell one or two of your single friends to listen to Upfront and Straightforward with yours truly, Alan Roger Curry. Thursday evenings at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, and 7 p.m. on the West Coast, right here on the Blog Talk Radio, Internet Radio Network. We now return to my interview and discussion with men's dating coach Linda Gross on Upfront and Straightforward with Alan Roger Curry right here on the Blog Talk Radio, Internet Radio Network. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Upfront and Straightforward with Alan Roger Curry. Uh, If you tune in late, my guest for the evening is a guest I've had once before in 2013. Her name is Linda Gross. She helps both men and women. She has books for women and she has books for men. And the book she has for men is called Mastering Women Real truth about women that will change your life forever. Let me give some quick shout-outs in my chat room. Oh, speaking of my chat room, I'm probably going to go past the three-hour mark, which is going to be about 34 minutes from now. The chat room always cuts off at the three-hour mark, which will be, again, about 33, 34 minutes from now. So if you're listening in the chat room and you want to listen past the three-hour mark, sometime within the next half hour, you need to call into my show, 646-478-5710. If you want to ask a question or make a comment, you press the number one once you call into the show. And if you just want to listen, you don't do anything. You just call in and listen. And uh, But, yeah, it's going to cut off in the chat room in about a half hour. But... I would say 90% chance we're going to go past three hours because I still got a lot of questions, and I know a lot of my listeners still have a lot of questions. But let me give a quick shout-out in my chat room. I got CLG3, who you just heard. He was just on the phone, CLG3. He's in my chat room. I got Diva. Diva's not really in my chat room. She's making it appear like she's in my chat room. But Diva's probably watching the NCAA tournament or Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder, one of those. Uh, my guest, Linda Gross, is in the chat room. I got Edgar Renteria, 92, in the chat room. I got my man Frankie is in the chat room. I got a number of guests in the chat room. I got Jazz, Jazz, Kaz, Jazz, Kaz. Man, I, Jazz, Kaz, please tell me you got a license plate that just says Jazz, Kaz. That, that's a cool-ass name to have on a license plate, Jazz, Kaz. I got Kelsey. Kelsey is in my chat room. I got Max Stout in my chat room. I got P Plus. And I got another guest. And um, before I go to my next caller, which is 438, I wanted to ask Linda, um, since, Linda, since we're talking about the theme of the show is supposed to be about a man learning to master himself 
prior to him being able to master women. Quickly give my listening audience, before I go to my next caller, three to five areas where you feel like men need to develop mastery over their own thoughts, beliefs, attitudes, and behavior patterns. One of the best and easiest ways for a guy to get confidence if he doesn't already have confidence has nothing to do with a girl. Don't practice on the girl as yet. Practice on yourself. So uh, a guy can do it through work, meaning that he really loves his job or he gets good at what he's doing. So that would be one way to build that confidence. Another way is through hobbies or sports or some kind of passion. So, for example, if you really wanted to learn how to play guitar, um, you know, you practice that every day, and sooner or later, at some point in time, you get good at it. So the key thing is is to have at least one go-to activity that you keep doing again and again and again. You keep getting better at it, and that will give inner confidence. When you get to a certain level of confidence, it naturally will spill over to the woman. Because now, you, before you, you go will, on, Linda, have you yeah. seen this movie called The Tile of Steve? I have not. No. With this actor named Donnell Long, it's 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 actually considered one of the top movies for like guys to watch that relates to being better with women. The main character movie, I wouldn't call him per se a pickup artist, but it's about it's this movie about this guy who's who's fat. He's like overweight. That's like kinda of the hook of his character. He's this 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 ladies man and womanizer, but he's a non traditional guy. And what I kinda of, I guess would relate to how you say in your book that women don't put as much emphasis on looks as 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 men do with women, and this movie basically backs it up because this guy he's like an average looking guy, and on top of being average looking, he's just he's fat and overweight. But yet, and this is based on a real life story. This woman who wrote the screenplay, and it's not a totally fictional character. She said there was really a guy in her city who was like this. She said he was like an average looking guy. He was like about thirty forty pounds overweight, but he got pussy on top of pussy. Anyway, without getting to a long segue about that movie, one of his pieces of advice to the guys that were following him in the movie was just like what you just said. He said, in order to be successful with women, you got to have at least one thing you're excellent at. Right. Whether it's a hobby or some career-related. He said there has to be one thing in your life that you got to be excellent at in order to be successful with women. So I found it interesting that you say that in your book. It reminded me of that movie when I read it. I was like, wow, that's just like the tale of Steve. Absolutely. And if, you know, you're asking me what kind of calls do I get, a lot of times these guys don't have confidence, and they don't have any of these four areas that I was talking about. So what I tell those guys is I say go back to age eight. Because when we're a child, we're all full of life and wonder and we're, you know, we're curious about things. We want to get our hands dirty. We want to find out how this works and that works. Go back to your childhood and figure out, try to remember what turned you on then and use that as a jump point. Unfortunately, sometimes 
when that child gets goes into puberty around age 13, then you have like social pressures, you have family pressures, um, some bad stuff might have happened in your life, and a lot of times those guys get derailed. They get away from whatever their passion is or whatever makes them happy. So we have to go back in time a little bit before then to like age 8. Most guys still had it at age 8. So um, that's 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 what I that's what I recommend is to um, you know use that as a jump point and that way if you have it from within it'll naturally spill over to the woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. We're going to go back to the phone lines and I'm gonna go with area code four three eight four three. And I see about twenty people in my phone queue. It's a lot of people in my phone queue. Looks like most of you are just listening. But at any point over the next half hour or longer that you feel like you want to ask a question, make a comment, just press the number one, and then that will let me know that you have something to say. But anyway, I'm going to go with 438-438. You're now up front and straightforward with Alan Roger Curry and my guest, Linda Gross. Who's this? Hey, Professor. What do you, what do you mean, who's this? Alan? Oh, this is my man. Come on, man. Stan is my man, man. Y'all listen to I got love for Stan. Okay, Stan, so uh, I know you you have a a high bullshit meter, but at the same time, you you, you are the type that if if I have a guest on that you think is giving valid, credible advice, you... You will give them kudos, but if you oh, think they can stop bullshit. So for Linda tonight, is, 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 does she get a pass from you, or, oh, yeah, or you she, got she, some she, things? She's great. She's great. I, when I heard that you were having her, I was like, okay, let me listen to a couple of her shows. So I went to a couple of her shows. I love the debate she did with a, I know, a Chinese woman that basically she was explaining. The Chinese woman was saying, I wanted somebody who's a gentleman and this and that. And I love what she said. She said, no, you don't. <laughs> I was so happy when she said that because the girl's like, I want a gentleman, somebody who opens the doors for me. And, and, and she was looking at her like, no, you don't want that. No, no, that, that ain't going to cut it. I ain't going to say a life. And I was like, wow, that's total respect. I have total Thank respect you. when she did. That was amazing what you did because it's very rare when women want to say that secret. They say, no, you got to be a gentleman and open the door for me. And blah, blah, blah. And guys are doing it because we think we need to do this, but then we find out we're being a chump. Yeah. And and the women are so stupid, they don't even know they're manipulating you. That's how out of touch a lot of women are. So, like I was saying at the top of the hour, they'll tell you to do X, and meanwhile, it's not even X at all. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I'll give you a guess. There's two things that I have to ask a question, because in, in that interview and everything, she said something that it goes back to something we talked about many times, Allie, and you're going to hear that. She said basically that a lot of men, if you, as a woman, if you do sleep around, they'll basically go, a lot of men are going to consider you slut. And if a guy considers you slut, that is the reason that she feels that a lot of women are not going to do that and a man are basically not going to date you. And the question I want to ask her is, like I said, like Alan agrees with me, who cares if a man thinks that you're a slut? Because if that guy judged you that you're a slut, where would you want to be with him? Exactly. That's what I, exactly. 
I find very rarely women. Well, in that in that sense, men want their cake and eat it too. But the men do think that you're a slut if you sleep around. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't. Part of them want you know the looseness of it because they think it's it's going to lead to easy sex. But it's a, it is a double standard. They all. But, but my question is. Linda, as Stan just said, though, what I tell women, because, you know, a lot of times when I'm more one with women, I've had a certain percentage that will say, you know, well, what do you think I am? Do you think I'm a slut or a hoe? And sometimes I will pose the question to them. I say, what if I did? So what? 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 What, what do you care about what I think? Because really, I'll turn it around. I've had women call me an asshole, a jerk, a man whore, and a, a number of other names. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> as long as my dick ends up in their mouth or their pussy, I don't give a fuck what name a woman calls me. It don't matter to me. Because my, my self-esteem is not dictated by either a woman's flattery or a woman's criticism. And see, that's why some men and some women have an erratic sense of confidence and self-esteem because their self-esteem is based on either positive labels from people or on the flip side is based on negative labels from people. I don't allow that shit to affect my self-esteem. I know who I am. I know what I'm about. I don't give a fuck. A woman could call me, and I have had women call me every name in the book. I could give stories. I'm not going to go into my, my infamous stories. But there have been more one seductions I've had where women have literally damn near called me every name in the book for like 10, 15, 20 minutes. And a half hour after they finished calling me all them names, me and that same woman was in bed fucking. So that's why labels don't mean shit to me. I'm all about, it's it's like being a salesman. If you're a car salesman, what difference does it make if the customer is calling you names if you end up still selling them a car? It don't make a fucking difference. That's one thing I was very surprised when you said, guys, I still got to think. And, and the question, it really intrigues me that because you seem to know so much about men, and I hear the kind of thing, why would you think that we care? There's a lot of men that don't care if you slept around. And there's a lot of men who will tell you, I'd rather have a woman who slept around because we don't want to go out with a prudish girl. There you go. There you go. sleep Because the foolish girl's gonna make me go, make me go to ten day and act like this, and then I'm gonna have that famous like, You're such a good friend, Stanley. A woman would be lucky to have you. I don't want to hear this. Oh man, you hit it on the money, Stan. Because I, women who really know me know this about me, and guys, I guess do too. But yeah, I'm I'm probably five times more critical of women who are very prudish than I am women who are promiscuous and or polyamorous. I I never pass judgment on, on the only time I criticize women who are promiscuous or polyamorous is when they try to act like they're not. I am critical of that. If a woman is promiscuous or polyamorous, but she tries to act like she's not, then yeah, she's going to get criticism from me. But women, who, who, as I call it, own their sexuality, who come straight out and say, yeah, I like to be engaged in promiscuousness, or I like to engage in polyamory. I, I never pass judgment on those women. I, I like, I, I respect women like that. I, I like women who own their sexuality. So anyway, my bottom line is, as Stan already expressed, yeah, women, women shouldn't even want to hook up with a guy who has very 
self-righteous, judgmental attitudes. Why would you even want to fucking hook up with a guy like that? And that's the question I want to ask him. <laughs> because most men are that way. It doesn't matter what you guys are saying. It's a double standard. You want her to be with sex, but at the same time, you are still judging her. Uh, I disagree with that. Well, I would disagree with the. If you're asserting that most men in society are like that, then yeah, I, I would probably generally agree with that. Yeah, I would. All right. There you go. But uh, yeah, but, uh, so if you're saying most men, because I even say that in my book, who said again, there's a chapter where. I talk specifically about what's known as, and here are the men who are judgmental like this, and I'm sure you're familiar with this complex, the legendary psychiatrist, Dr. Sigmund Freud, and most of my longtime listeners have heard me talk about this a number of times, but in case I got some new listeners who are ignorant to this syndrome, the legendary psychiatrist, uh, Sigmund Freud, said, asserted, uh, I want to say a century ago or so, that most men suffer from what he refers to as the Madonna whore complex. And basically what that means is when a guy suffers from the Madonna whore complex, he only wants to have casual sex with women who are promiscuous and polyamorous. But when it comes to his more long-term serious relationships and marriage, he wants a woman who's prudish, or close to a prude. And Freud said the basis behind that is that he said, most men, and I know you got a thing yourself, Linda, about mothers and sons, he kind of plays into that with the Madonna Horror Complex. He says, most men want to marry a woman who resembles their mother. And most men don't look at their mothers as sexual creatures. That, like, creeps men out to right. think of their mother as being sexual. So... What happens is they kind of have this dichotomy where, yeah, they want their wife or long-term girlfriend to be the woman who resembles their their wholesome, prudish mother or who they think their mother is wholesome and prudish. And then they want a woman that's just the opposite for sexual. And that's one of the main reasons why I tell women when they ask me about, you know, why do you guys cheat? I always say that no one does a variety of reasons, but the, probably the most prominent reason it's because men suffer from the Madonna whore complex. They want kinky, slutty type women mm-hmm. as their fuck buddies, and they want a really prudish woman as their wife. Now, I will say, as me and Stan have expressed, there are exceptions to that. I call those men, I refer to those men as evolved men. And mm-hmm. I like to consider myself as an evolved man because I've had really long-term relationships with women that I fucked the first night I met. So if I was a judgmental type, I would have never done that. Um, I had longer, I had longer girlfriend with the girls that I met the first night and slept with them and became my girlfriend in two, three years. Then the woman that I went six, five dates and nothing happened. So the the question is still there because the question is even if those guys judge, don't you think, Linda, that if those guys judge, shouldn't there be a red flag to those women and say, I shouldn't be with this guy? Why would you want to be with somebody who doesn't like you for who really you are? If you are a person who slept with a lot of men and he can't take it, why would you want that man to be your man? I don't care if you're telling me 90% of men are like that. So what? I can see 90% of women are this way, and it wouldn't stop. You would never tell me an advice to me as a man. So you still need to approach women. 
if, if we would basically say 90% of women is hard to get, or we have to approach a lot of women to get the one woman who's correct, women, you got to do the same thing. Just dismiss them. And I feel a lot of women don't want to go to rejection tomorrow. Don't want to say Men, men, men can more easily dismiss the fact than women. Uh, as we, as Alan and I talked about a little bit earlier, women are social creatures. They are concerned with what the community is thinking about them. So if they've got a bad image, well, shouldn't or not, that's just how it is. If they've got a bad, if they've got a bad image in the community, that's going to prevent certain action. So to that woman, let's say she really well. does have. Let's say she really does have a sexual side. Okay, so don't mm-hmm. parade it in your backyard. Don't don't take that where your community is going to see you. You know what I'm saying? So here, here's the problem. Here's the problem what I have with this, Linda, and yeah. I, I believe why Stan has a problem. Most of my followers have a problem with this. I'll give a couple analogies. It's just like let's say you were a meat eater, Linda, and you met a guy. Let's assume you're single, and you're a meat eater. And you meet this guy you're really attracted to, and he's a vegetarian. So because you don't want him to pass judgment on you being a meat eater, you spend weeks, months, even years pretending like you're a vegan or a vegetarian because you don't want this man to lose interest in you and don't want him to judge you. Well, in the short run, that's going to be fine. You can probably play that role for X number of months or even a year or two or maybe even three. But at some point... It's going to come out. Your desire for chicken wings, burgers, and steaks is going to come out at some point. I mean, seriously. It's going to come out at some point, and then that man's going to be looking at you like, what the fuck? I thought you were vegan. What the fuck are you doing to eat meat? Exactly. And and that's how men are with women who, and women do this with their sexuality. There are a lot of women who are very kinky and promiscuous slash polyamorous that will pretend like they're this prudish woman. And similar to the analogy I just gave, that'll work in their favor for maybe six months, a year, two years. But at some point, I guarantee that freaky kinky side is going to come out. And then that man's going to be like, who the fuck are you? This ain't the woman who I married. I married you because I thought you were approved. What the fuck are you doing? You're sucking two men's dicks on the same day. What the fuck are you doing? And she gonna her response is gonna be like, "Well, don't judge me," but he does have a right to judge you because you fucking play the role. You put on a fucking facade. And that's why you got so many divorces and shit, because you got these women out here putting on these prudish facades and shit when they know they fucking kinky and free. That's why I said the best guest I had who spoke to this, and my listeners have heard me repeat this a number of times, was, uh, among other people, was Nina Hartley. She's a legendary porn actress. And when I had her on this show, she said... Exactly. She was talking about working in the porno industry, and she said, I asked her what did her parents and relatives and close friends thought when she first got in the industry. She said, I didn't give a fuck what my parents and relatives and other people. She said, I, I, I knew they had their judgments and their criticisms and their scrutiny, but she said, I got to a point where I was like, this is my life. I'm going to do mm-hmm. what the fuck I want to do. I'm going to own my sexuality, and I'm not going to let society dictate 
my sexuality to me or other people dictate how I should behave sexually towards men. She said, I love the fuck. I love people watching me fuck. I didn't get molested. I didn't get raped. A lot of people try to say that the only women who go into the porn industry are women who get molested or, or raped or, or on drugs, alcohol. She said, I was a college-educated nurse before I got into the porn industry. But she said, I own my sexuality. I love the way she said it. She said, I own. And that's what I tell women. That's my number one advice to women in relation to this oh. issue. You got to fucking own your sexuality. Oh. If you like exactly. to fuck multiple men, own that shit. If you like to suck multiple dicks in a month or a week, own that shit. I own everything about my sexuality. I've had people say to me, like, damn, Alan, you're so open and public with your your sexual preferences. I don't know. And the thing I, I have a problem with is, like, especially women. You Women, you basically want equality. You have to fight with it. You wanted this, you have to fight. If we're, we're going with your same thing, I could say, well, why did you fight for equality? You should have accepted it like it is. Why did you fight for voting? You should have accepted it like it is. So I'm, I'm looking at you. You would never, you would never take that as an excuse. You would say, no, no, Sam, we can't accept it like it is. We have to fight for this thing. So why are you not fighting for the most precious thing, which is your own sexuality? Who cares if a man doesn't see you that way? That's his problem, not yours. Why would you want to be with the lover that's supposed to be your lover, the person that you're passionate about, the person who loves you for everything that you are, when a guy's going to judge you and say, you're a hoe? That should be a red flag to see you. And I don't understand women. How come you don't do that? And, and going to Because a example, lot of women don't have the self-esteem and the confidence as that as that uh, porn actress does. A lot oh, of women. Oh, boy, boy. Uh, kudos, Alex, kudos, kudos to her that she does. But a lot of women are very insecure with their bodies. Ooh. They're very insecure with their confidence. And they just don't Ooh. have it. I mean, good for her that she well, has well, it. And with the judgmental thing, the judgmental uh, issue is below the surface. It's usually, Ooh. when somebody is being judgmental, they usually don't talk about it. They especially don't talk about it to the opposite person whom they're judging. But here's the thing, here's the most obvious thing to this, Linda. How can a woman, you know, women always want to throw out this word love. I want a man to love and truly love me. How can you truly love a woman when a woman is putting on a facade? That don't even make logical sense. Again, it goes back to my meat eater versus vegan. If I'm a, 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 a straight up hardcore vegan, and you've given me the impression that you're a hardcore vegan, then the reason I love you is because I think you're just like me. But when right. you reveal that that's been a facade that you've put on for a number of months or years, I'm going to want to slap the shit out of you. I'm going to be like, bitch, who the fuck are you to pretend like you were a vegan in order to get me to marry you? And, and, and Linda, to add what she said, everything we see a lot of women have co- don't have confidence, but a lot of those women, some of them are lawyers. How the hell they could be lawyers or doctors or whatever, something a career amazing that needs to have confidence to even have that position. That suddenly you say, well, at this time they have confidence, but the other time they don't. You can't have they it don't. Both ways. But, but you and I confidence. both know that they don't. They might have confidence in a certain area, but not in this area. Well, this is going to fuck up their relationship forever. The truth is that 
because they could choose to say, no, I'm going to, be, I'm going to have full confidence on myself because this is important. Because they, trust me not, I hear so many women once they are CEO and say, I never hear, oh, well, Sarah, I don't have confidence. I was like, no. The woman will say, it's this way, it's that way, that's it. But when it comes to sex, oh, no, I won't, I, I'm scared that men are going to judge me. Really? <laughs> but the, 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 the irony about that, and I think I already said it, but I'm going to say it again, the irony about the whole judgmental piece is that when you put on a disingenuous facade for a man, that's when he deserves to judge you. That's when yeah, he absolutely. has the full right to judge you. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to judge any woman. If there is one type of woman I always have passed judgment on and always will pass judgment on is a woman who's not being her real, authentic self with me. If a woman is pretending to be one way for X number of days, weeks, months, and then I later on see that she's totally different than that when her true self begins to rise to the surface, hell yeah, I'm going to pass judgment on her. I'm going to be like, because I'm going to be like, you are not the woman who I first hooked up with. And, and, and to add to what you're saying, Alan, at the same token, if I see a woman standing up for what she truly believes, like I give you a perfect example, I'm going out in a club or going to a different place. And you know in clubs, women are standing together, they don't want to approach. There was one woman, really beautiful woman. I guess she met a guy that was really interested. The other girls tried to push her away and this and that. And I saw her stand up for herself as a woman say, you know what, I don't know about you, girl. But this guy is really interested. I'm going to spend time with him. I didn't come to spend time with you, girl. I, spent, I came here to meet a man, and I think I met a man. As soon as she did that, because I heard her doing that, I went to the girl and I applauded her. And she said, why are you applauding me? Because you are the rare woman that stands up for what you should really stand up. And I feel a lot of women, you don't. We can present a lot of women don't. Worth it. Right. You don't. You're just like, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll let my friend influence me. The, the thing that we're doing is, is the thing that stops letting other people win, uh, other women, society, other men, to make you think that you shouldn't go for what you want. If you see a man, so, so let me, so so me ask you this, Linda. Let me ask you this, Linda. Since you have a bunch for women, the, the dynamic that you're that you're explaining is the number one reason today why men are not getting married, the number one reason why men could care less about being in a relationship is because more and more women are being disingenuous. Yep, I agree. Yep, I agree. They don't even even let the guy, uh, you know, they don't even give the guy a chance to say, okay, I am a vegan, take it or leave it. At least you could say, you know what, honey, you know, I'm a meat eater, and that's not going to ride with me. So you can you can make a decision to move on, right, Alan? But they're exactly. not even giving exactly. you that liberty. They're like exactly. pretending, pretending, pretending because they're so worried about what the community thinks, what society's going to think, what her mother thinks, what her hairdresser thinks. It's like, mm-hmm. girl, you're in a relationship with me. If you want me to be in a relationship with you, you need to stop caring about whatever everybody else thinks. I'm not even going to relationship. I mean, as as Stan knows, that's one of the reasons that prompted me to to write, among other reasons, Mo One, my first book. Well, see, I was doing that on the male end. When I was in my late teens, early 20s, I was the type of guy who would publicly carry myself like I was this semi-prudish, monogamy-oriented gentleman type guy 
when I knew at my core I was more of a player. I was more of a, a, a nasty mouth womanizer type. And then finally around the age of 21, uh, yeah, 21, 22, that's when I made the decision. I said, no, I'm going to be who I really am with women, starting with the very first conversation. I ain't going to try to give a woman the impression that I'm this guy who's looking for a long-term boyfriend-girlfriend relationship all the time. I'm The women who I know I just want to fuck for X number of days, X number of weeks, X number of months, I'm going to let them know that up front. And that's when Mo One was born. So I, w- I want to ask you the question, Linda, going back to your book for women, do you have a message that's even halfway similar to Nina Hartley's message? Do you implore on women to be totally their real, authentic selves in their interactions with men? No, because that's too big of a, too much for them to chew. But what wow. I do, what I do is I teach women exactly how men think to the point I shock them to reality. Like you can be off on your own little world pretending and this and that and the other, but that's not how the real world operates. That's not how men operate. And I teach women how men operate. So if you want to be coveted, if you want to be chased after, if you want to be called the next day, you have you as a woman have to understand how men think. Well, if, so, for so any I woman come, listening to I this show to that, right now, I'm going to tell you that. emphatically. Hey, hold on one second, uh, Stan. Women who are listening either this live or listening as archive, you are really being delusional and fooling yourself if you think you're going to ever get a man to truly love you if you are displaying some type of disingenuous facade and you're pretending to be somebody who you're not. Because I always tell people, both men and women, pretending to be somebody who you're not is like trying to hold an air-filled balloon underneath the water in a swimming pool for endless hours. You're not going to be able to do it. At some point, you're going to get tired. That ball, that airfield ball is going to rise to the surface. And that's how I feel about a man and woman's real personality, their real character, their real integrity. Whether it's weeks later, months later, years later, your real self is always going to reveal itself. And when you pretend to be somebody else in order to get somebody to marry you, I call that, I just talked about this, I think, last week. I call that the marital bait and switch. That's called a marital bait and switch. Matter of fact, my guest, not last week, two weeks ago, Jack Murphy, that's basically what he said his wife did. He was married for 10 years. He said before he got married, his wife was really sweet. She was easy to get along with. She was very sexual. She was very submissive. And then two or three years into their marriage, she started becoming more nagging, more dominant, more superficial. And he was like, basically, like, who's this bitch? I didn't marry this ain't the bitch I married. Who is this bitch? And I've, I've had male friends of mine that's happened to where they like, dude, my wife now is totally different than she was before I married her, man. She's like almost like a totally different woman. And then women want to wonder why the divorce rate is so high. Nobody wants to be married to nobody who's putting on a, a fucking uh, actress who's playing a role, a character. So anyway, that's my soapbox for the women that stand. 
Uh, before I move on to the next caller, what's what's one other hey, question or comment you have? One last one last question and everything. I remember one of the show you said, and I remember that you were you were saying that with the guests and everything. Well, with the Chinese woman, uh, she, you were she was complaining that guys are not paying bill. Guys are not are saying to the woman, "I want to. We're gonna go half and things like that." And they're not gonna pay the bill. They're saying you want equality, so claim it and things like that. And the problem, the thing I want to hear from you, what's the problem with that? Because I truly believe as a man in the beginning, I, I, I should not be paying you a bill. Because like you said, the whole problem, why shouldn't be, because you're not being true to yourself. Because it, like you said, there's one thing as a man I don't want to do is waste my time. So if I feel I'm going to pay you a bill or pay you this, and you're not even, first of all, interested to me sexually, and you're wasting my time, I shouldn't. We should go Dutch and everything until you prove to me that we slept together and you've been girlfriend. What's the problem with that? Because like Alan said, and I agree with him, there's too many, many relations. When you say as a as a professional who helps women, I can't even say to women to be themselves, we have a serious problem. Yeah, you can't tell a woman to be themselves. You know, they have to be themselves. No, because when you're I'm gonna do the speed thing, man. We we gotta go to another planet. Let's go to Mars, man. Okay. You are asking me to tell women to be straight up, because men are straight up. I agree yeah. with that. Men are straight up. You know, if they don't want to be in a relationship, they'll tell the woman, I don't want to be in a relationship. They're straight mm-hmm. up. Women don't operate that way. You cannot make women change their stripes. So my job as a coach is to tell them how the world works, how men work, and if you want success, this is how you have to play the game. You can't show up on the football field wearing hockey gear. You know what I'm saying? If you came to play football, you need to wear football gear. But see, Hello? this is the, so the, 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 the use of that word is what I have problems with. And if you've read my books, you know more, almost all of my books are about non-game plan. I don't believe in playing games with women. And I know a lot of women, and you've just acknowledged it with that last comment, love to play games. But, see, that's that's the very thing I'm against. I don't like right. to play games with women. I'm against it, too. I like to just straight up tell women what I what type of companionship I'm looking for and either have them reciprocate my desires and interests or have them reject my desires and interests. That's non game plan is when, when you lay your desires, interests and intentions on the table and a woman either reciprocates your desires and interests or on the flip side, game plan is my two categories would be the wholesome pretender and the manipulative time waster. Those are the two types of women that they like to play games. Wholesome pretender, that game is I'm a pretend like I'm not really interested in casual sex when deep down I know that I am. So they're going to spend a number of minutes, hours, days, and weeks trying to act like they're prude, but I usually I break them down with my mode one verbal seduction skills. And manipulative time wasters, their game is I'm not really interested in you romantically or sexually, but I want to be flattered by you. I want to be entertained by you. I want to be wined and dined by you. And I want you to essentially become my male girlfriend. So that's the game. And what they use is, which, which relates to the title of my book, they use the possibility of sex as Matter of fact, I had two women I shared this with my guys in my Facebook group about, I think this was like, what, three, four weeks ago. I was at a social event, 
And these two women are getting points for honesty. They admitted that they were manipulative time wasters. They were like, because somehow we got on a subject of fun clubbing. And they said, I said, have you, you ladies ever led a guy to believe that he had a chance at fucking you when you knew deep down that he had a 0% chance? They looked at each other smile. They were like, oh, sure. I was like, wow, okay, you guys are honest about it. It's like, yeah, it's like, what woman is going to tell a guy straight up that he's never, ever going to get the pussy? They was like, then that guy's going to ignore you. He ain't going to give you no attention. He ain't going to offer to spend no money on you. So, of course, I'm not going to tell a, a man when I first meet him that he doesn't that he has a 0% chance of fucking me. I wouldn't be able to lead him on. They were basically like, yeah, we lead men on. That's what a woman's job is to do is to lead a man on. I was like, that's fucked up. That's right. fucked up. They laughed about it. They thought it was funny. But I was more serious. I was like, that's fucked up. But, but the, again, I give them points for honesty. In that case, women will lead guys like that on because they can. Well, I because agree with that, too. Can. So there's and that's why I tell men. Pushing it, Go ahead, pushing I'm sorry. it until, until the guy stands up for himself. And a lot of those guys do not stand up for themselves because they really think one day they're going to get in. They're, they think yeah. that, 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 you know, her that, boyfriend. Yep. I call that that lucky day. They the hold sidewalk. out for that lucky day. Right. They leave her on the sidewalk. That one day that she gets pissed off at the boyfriend or the old boyfriend or whoever he is. And, you know, Mr. Knight in shining armor is going to come to her rescue. And that's the day he's getting into her pants. That's his fantasy world. So he's wrong for being in a fantasy world, too. That's his Disney movie. Yeah, you're right. I, and I talk about that. Um, in the, the possibility of sex, that's the point I make is the point you're making now. That's 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 actually the whole basis of the poss- my book, The Possibility of Sex. What I tell men essentially in that book is the only way a woman can mislead you, manipulate you, and string you along is when you're being vague and ambiguous and indirect about what your desires, interests, and intentions are. When you're being upfront specific and straightforward, essentially mode one, the only thing a woman can do is either reciprocate you or reject you. There is no other option. But when you're beating around the bush and talking in this roundabout, vague and ambiguous manner, that's when women can just run circles on you. Anyway, Stan, I got to move on, but give me a nice mode one. Okay, Professor Mode One. This, uh, by the way, Alan Roger Curry. Get up front and straightforward. Alan Roger Curry. What were you? Thanks, Professor. Thanks, Professor. Oh, oh no problem. Oh, I always enjoy you calling in, uh, Stan. Yeah. And yeah, uh, uh, now I'm gonna move on to my. Well, probably arguably in a, at least this season, in the 2015-2016 season, he's been probably my most consistent caller. And that is, I call him my protege, J.D. J.D. I didn't see you in the phone queue at the beginning of the, uh, the sh- this episode, but I saw you came in. So from the point you started listening to this conversation, what, I know you always have good questions and good comments. So, What's a question and or comment you have for my guest, Linda Gross? So just an analogy of what happened so far in my head. Um, there's this movie called Captain America Civil War, 
And then I, I feel like that right now with your guest. I was like, damn, she was my friend. And then she said something that fucked me up. I was like, damn. <laughs> uh, what did I say? What did I say? <laughs> that was funny, JD. <laughs> so you said, like, basically, I was watching a Bill Burr stand up just about 10 minutes long on YouTube, and you made it seem like women, it's okay for them to be manipulative. No, I never degree. said that. I, no, you no. didn't say it. I, I, I said, I, I'd say this is how they are. doesn't mean Correct. you have to Correct. like it. And it doesn't, it, I, I, I tell but the story on how it is. What did you right. do? And it sounded like you, how do I put it? You answered his question, but I didn't really understand what you do. If that makes sense. Because I can't tell another person what to do. I can lead them to water. If they want to drink the water or don't drink the water, that's none of my business. My job as a coach is to lead them to the water. You're thirsty. You need the water. And, you know, if you're going to drink when you're there, that's fine. That's my job. But for me to say stop being this and stop being that, you know, that would be like my saying to, to a guy, you know, Ellen, you really shouldn't like sex that much. I would never in a million years talk like that. So I can't talk like that to a woman either. I can't say to a woman, oh, you should stop being manipulative. No, here's why I disagree. Here's why I disagree, Linda. Let, let me interject this, J.D., and then I'll let you continue. But here's why I disagree as a dating coach. There's a lot of things I tell my male clients and readers and listeners of my books not to do. But here's the difference. Here's why I always tell people there's a difference between advising versus lecturing or preaching. Preaching to me is when you just simply tell somebody, don't do it, but you don't offer them any valid reasons or motivations. To, so, so, for example, if I got a friend who smokes and I say, hey, stop smoking. I don't like smoking. Stop. That's me lecturing them slash preaching to them. And that's that's why I would agree with you. I don't think that's too effective. But advising is when somebody comes to you, like say the same friend comes to me and says, hey, Alan, man, I used to be able to jog six miles a day, and now I'm only able to jog two miles, and I always seem to be short of breath. What do you think my problem is? And I'm going to ask him, do you smoke on a daily basis? And he's going to say, yeah. I say, well, there you go. Your smoking is messing with your lungs, which is messing with your capacity to, to, to take in oxygen. So that's why you're having problems jogging. See, in that sense, they're like, oh, shit. So you, I told you what my problem was, and you're telling me the, a valid reason and factor that contributed to that problem. And see, that's what I do with my clients. So going back to being real and authentic, well, I, I would never tell a woman just simply, hey, you need to be real authentic because Alan Roger Curry said so and you need to listen to everything I say. But if a woman comes to me and she says, Alan, I'm having all kinds of problems maintaining relationships. It seems like relationships are always starting off good, but then they fade out. What am I doing wrong or what type of men? 
then that's when I'm going to start asking her about the behavior she exhibits and how real and authentic she is. And when she gives me the impression that she's not being a real authentic self, I'm going to let her know that's when you're fucking up. You're giving guys the facade that you're one type of woman when in actuality you're really a totally different type of woman. And once men see your real self, they dump your ass. So it shouldn't be a surprise that you keep getting dumped like this. So all that to say that, yeah, you got, you got to tell people, you can tell people how to behave or at least suggest to them how to behave, but you got to also tell them, motive, provide them with motivations that will resonate with them so that they themselves will say, oh, you're right, man. This behavior I've been exhibiting is fucked up. It is to my disadvantage. Absolutely. And I do that. So, but the person has to be ready to hear it. I'm not going to just randomly start giving advice to somebody who's well, not. Well, I mean, why would somebody come does... to you if they're not ready to hear your advice, though? That I mean... was my question. That was my question. Oh, why no. would I okay. If they're, com- if they're coming to me, advice? if they're coming to me, of course I would come from that place. But I'm not just going to take some random woman off the street and say, hey, stop being a manipulator. Stop using this guy for expensive dinners when you have no interest in going to bed with him. Well, nobody said that. I mean, we wouldn't expect you to just go in the middle of Chicago and start lecturing women. (laughs) But we're talking about the women who buy your books and come to you for advice. Why wouldn't you tell these women to stop playing games and to be more real authentic if these female clients are coming to you? Why wouldn't you coming, tell them that? If they are coming to me, I absolutely tell them that. And I tell well, them that's not what you said earlier, though. I, I tell them the why and the how, and I give them options on how to solve their problem. But, see, I specifically asked you earlier, and I think Stan, he asked you what in your book, do, do you tell women in your book to be real authentic? You specifically said no. But now you say you say yes. I say I'm confused now. You you told me you said you know I do not in my book tell women to be real and authentic. Why wouldn't you? Because they don't even. I do it, but not in the manner that you're saying. They don't even know. I if thought you, it was only one way to, to be honest. Were, if you're if you're telling a woman, okay, tomorrow I need you to start being real and authentic. They don't even know what you're talking about. That's how far <laughs> yeah. broken these women are. They don't, I don't even understand what you're talking means. about. So you have to break it down in pieces for them. Like here no, is No, I disagree behavior. with that. Women, okay, you, most women a, know what it means example. to be real and authentic. No, they, they just don't. don't have the motivation to do no. so. I no, would say no. women don't know how to be real and authentic. Everybody knows how to be real and authentic. I mean, no, like, that ain't rocket science. They're going to take it's it like, like oh, I, I haven't hurt any. I haven't hurt anybody, so therefore I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. But you are hurting the person. You're using the guy for expensive dinners. You're wasting your own damn time because you could be with somebody that you want to have dinner with and want to have sex with. So why are you wasting your time with a guy that you only want to have dinner with? It is like extreme. I tell them that. I mean, it's extremely selfish. Because they want a free dinner. <laughs> That's simple. There's some women out here who fucking want free dinners. That's why I don't. I tell men don't even take women out to dinner. Because there's a lot of women. I've had women brag to me about how many free dinners they've had in a, in a certain period of time. Like right. You know, so and my, my M.O. is I don't believe in in going to a, a dinner on a first date. I don't believe it. 
my my deal is short and sweet. It should just be a meet and greet. That's it. In, out. You know, you go for a drink, and if there's a click there, fine. You make another date. Everybody's happy. If there's no click, because like I said earlier, women know in a few minutes if this is going to work or not. They know in a few minutes if they want to go to bed with you. They might not go to bed with you that night, but they know eventually, hmm, I want to go to bed with him. Then, you know, but if there is no click, click, let him go. F your free dinner. F your dinner. You're wasting your time. And those are the women that end up being 40 years old all by themselves. There you go. Because they've missed the boat. Because there's so much game playing that goes on, they have completely missed the boat, and they are no longer desirable in a lot of guys' eyes. What were you going to say, J.D.? I was going to say this, Dan. Why do I need to share a drink, share a meal, or anything? Do I need to share food and liquor to get to know you as a woman? That's what I, I like to ask women all the time, and they all get puzzled because that's a simple question, and I like a simple answer. And all of them have said no. So my question to you is, do I need to share food or liquor with you to actually get to know you? Can I get to know you walking down the street? Can I get to know you over the telephone? Can I get to know you sitting in the park? Can I get to know you as we look at the stone? This is my recommendation for a first date. Most men are physical. So what I recommend is do something physical. Go on a hike or do some sort of sports or some sort of activity, um, you know, and only be with her for an hour or less on the first date. That's it. There's no three-hour dinner. There's no five hours on the phone call. That's all bullshit, too. I don't believe in that either. Oh, we, JB? Got along, we got along so well that we spent five hours on the phone. What kind of horse shit is that? Really? No. Well, uh, J.D., I think, knows what I'm about to say, J.D. I was going to say, J.D., you know, here's my thing, and my longtime listeners hear me say this ad nauseum in so many episodes this season and previous seasons, but number one, the whole phrase, get to know each other, to me, <laughs> is bullshit. <laughs> particularly as it relates to sex. Now, I I, I always say I give it validity when it comes to, if you're talking about spending time with the time you're going to spend with someone in in a non-sexual manner, I always say, yeah, I do believe it's important to get to know someone's character and personality and all that stuff. But strictly for sex, all I need to know about you is that you don't have, currently have an STD. After that, I don't even need to know your fucking name. And I literally have had <laughs> sex with women that I, I, just like you see in a movie, there's been certain movies where they show two people in bed and the guy says, okay, what was that name again? I've literally had that. I've had women suck my dick or women that I fucked that it wasn't until after we fucked where I was like, tell me your name again. What was your, what was your name again? Because you don't need to know. You don't need to get to know a woman to fuck them. And so any woman that tries to give a man the impression, that's bullshit. It's total bullshit. I want to get to know you to know if I can trust you to leave you in my house or trust you to drive my car or if you can cook me the meals I want to cook and et cetera. If you like the same movies that I like to watch and the same TV shows. So if all the non-sexual shit, yeah. But to answer J.D.'s question, hell no. You don't need to fucking share no food. Because women, see, a lot of guys will say to me, oh, man, 
it was just one date, and I probably spent about $25 on her. Well, let's say you go on one date with one woman per week for every week of the year. There's, what, 52 weeks in a year? I'll go with 50. Let's say 50 times 24. Okay, that's $1,250 that you done spent in a year on 50 women that didn't suck your dick and give you no pussy. Who the fuck in their right mind wants to do that shit? That is just ridiculous. I hear man on message boys say, oh, man, Elias, you seem like you're kind of cheap, man. What's wrong with taking a woman out once or twice and spending maybe like 20 to $30 on? Okay, if you're big bang, you go ahead. But I can say with full conviction, just about every woman I've ever fucked in my life, and particularly casually, the women I've had casual sex with, I didn't spend hardly shit on them. Most of the women, I didn't spend jack shit. Matter of fact, a lot of women I've had casual sex, they spent more money on me than I did on them. Now, some of the women I've had long-term relationships, yeah, I've spent, you know, maybe just as much, if not more money on them than they did on me. But, yeah, just for all my casual relationships, I ain't spent no money. I ain't take no woman on no dinner date and all that shit. I told a woman I wanted to fuck them, I got their pussy wet, and then I fucked them. Period. So all that 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 taking women out on dates, I think for so guys, if you're interested now, if you're interested, if you're really looking at a woman as your next long-term girlfriend, future wife, then yes, you should take some days, weeks, and months to get to know her. But you should, even in that scenario, and JD, you and I have talked about this before. You should even define what that means to get to know. Because some women, and I'm going to pick on women and generalize it a little bit, some women think getting to know a man means engaging in two hours of just flattering, entertaining, trivial bullshit conversation. Like what you were saying, Linda, about being on the phone for five hours talking about nothing. That ain't getting to know somebody. If you're on the no. phone saying, hey, you know about the story about my sister's dog? It's so funny. Let me tell you again. And let me tell you about when I was in college one time and wore this yellow dress. I don't give a fuck. That ain't got shit to do with are you going to be a quality girlfriend or are you going to be a quality wife? Kill me. I know. I hate that too. I hate it. And there, JD, there are plenty of things that you can do to get together that don't involve one dime. So do you, you know you, you can you can walk around you can walk around the so farmers market. You can go get an ice cream cone. You can you know you can go on a hike. You can go to the beach. You can walk around the lake. You can. Oh fuck no! I don't go to you, the you know, beach for women. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my 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 is I absolutely do not recommend going to dinner. You know, women should be brainwashed that the guy is supposed to spend two hundred dollars on a fancy dinner and that's supposed to be all that. And it's just it's hogwash. It doesn't mean. I'd rather go to the dinner than go to the beach with a woman, unless for sure I know I'm fucking that woman. Because at least if I'm eating dinner, at least I'm enjoying it. Because I'm not paying for her dinner regardless. But yeah. at least I'm going to enjoy some food. But if I'm not fucking a woman going to the beach, oh, hell no. That means I'm going to look at you half naked, think about fucking you, and know I'm not fucking you. That's okay. like reverse psychology. Yeah, that's, that's stupid. That's stupid. I, I was, yeah, you, you made a great point, J.D. Why would a man want to go to the beach, especially if the woman's wearing a bikini, 
Why would you want to spend an hour, two hours on the beach with a woman? She in a, a sexy swimsuit, but y'all ain't fucking. That's like being around a woman when she's in her lingerie, but y'all ain't fucking. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a, around a Ferrari if I can't drive it. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I don't want nobody saying, hey, Alan, I, w- I want you to hang out in my garage and look at my Porsche 911 and my Lamborghini and my Ferrari, but hey, you can't drive none of the cars. Yeah. What the fuck would I want to do that for? Yeah, okay, I gotcha. Smell the leather. <laughs> Smell the leather, but don't touch it, right? Yeah, that's just <laughs> it's just it's stupid. Anyway, okay, JD. So, one more. Oh, one go more. ahead. Mm-hmm. So I had a question. Um, I like older women, and a lot that I meet here where I live in Hawaii. How do you put it simply? Oh, they're just full of shit. There we go. So I'm just curious. What's your take on younger men going after older women? How do you suggest they go about it? find places that they would hang out, the older women. So what are those places, I guess? That's my question. They usually, like, they usually like music. They usually like dancing, you know, stuff like that. Go where they are. You know, once every two months they have those art, you know, they close off the streets and they have an art walk or whatever. They love that kind of stuff. Um, go where they are. Maybe there's certain clubs that they join. Maybe they're part of the tennis club or they're part of, I don't know, a bird-watching club or whatever it is. Maybe you could coincidentally arrive at the ending place of whatever their bird-watching place is, you know. I mean, don't go on the whole tour with them, but if you know it empties out on so-and-so street at so-and-so time, let's say the, the bird-watching club is at you know, from 10 to 11, so show up at the exit place at, at 11 o'clock. But music music and dancing are usually good bets because women like to listen to live music. They like dancing. Okay, now I, I got to talk to her in those situations. I guess that's So if I went to a, a music place that's usually loud and I refuse to yell at a woman unless I'm fucking... <laughs> So, <laughs> do they have any out? Do going. they have any outdoor music places like in the daytime on a Sunday? Maybe uh, like a community park or a community amphitheater or you know we something that's like like free. Park. You know, people bring their blankets and a picnic or whatever. You know, stuff like that is good. When you come out here, Alan, I want you to help me find the spot because I, I don't know. Because I'm not going to the beach. I don't, when you said the beach, that triggered like a nerve in my head. I almost tried to run through the wall. Now, J.D., <laughs> you, know, you know you made me laugh for about three days after last week's episode, man. Why you say that? When you talked about that Paris. <laughs> man, I just kept bursting out laughing. <laughs> oh, Linda, you had to listen to last week's episode. J.D., <laughs> He's, uh, I forget what you were saying. You were saying, like, you like to do spontaneous shit. You said, yeah. Like, I tell a woman, you know, hey, let's go to France, you know, next month. And the woman be like, yeah, but I can't speak French. <laughs> Bitch, I can't even. <laughs> oh, shit, that was funny. What was the punchline? Bitch, I can't what? You said that this woman would say, well, I don't want to go to Paris because I can't speak French. It is yeah. response would be... Bitch, I can't even. Oh. <laughs> like, 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 the, like that's a prerequisite to going to 
to parents that you got to right. be able to speak fluid French. I mean, shit, I've gone to a bunch of places that I didn't speak the fluid language of that place. So, shit, I don't mean that. But anyway, JD's a, quite the character. Um, but, uh, oh, now I want to put you on the spot while JD's still on here. So, again, I don't want to harp on this because some of my, my listeners say sometimes I harp on stuff. But when Stan was on the line, you said, no, in my books, I do not encourage women to be real and authentic. But then just when, since JD's been online, you turned that around and said, yes, I do. So okay. which is it? Do you okay, tell so women to be real and authentic or you, you do not? You, can, you cannot tell an alcoholic to put the drink down. You cannot yes, you can. tell. A, you <laughs> cannot tell. Well, you can if you want to. It's not going to work. The person has to. The person has to sort of be seeking you out and be come a little way. They have to have some inclination to uh, maybe they've had bad luck or they're sick and tired. But, but I mean, by the virtue of not, you being a book author and a well, dating coach, that, that naturally means that people come to you. Okay. Well, I thought you were just talking blanketly. All women. Are you telling all women to be straight and authentic? Okay, I, I gave you a similar example with me. A similar example with me, I've had people say to me, Alan, you can't tell men to be honest with women about their desire for casual sex. You know men like to lie and bullshit women. I've, I've had a number of women say that to me and even a number of yeah. men say that to me. They're like, Alan, you can't tell. You know, who you? And I said, no, I disagree. It's similar to what I said earlier, if I just wrote a book saying, hey, be honest with women. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> Good night. That's all I said. Of course, men are going to be like, who is he to tell me to be honest? But what I do is I go into detail telling them that if they do continue to be vague and ambiguous with women and they do seek to play manipulative head games with women, that they are, it's going to end up being detrimental for them. That's how you get people to change their behavior. If you yes, just tell I people to change their behavior with the attitude that I want you to change it, that's when people tune you out. But when you say to people, the behavior that you think is beneficial to you is actually detrimental to you, that's when people wake up and say, oh, okay, let me let me listen to what you're talking about. Right. And what I that's, basically that's tell the, guys is that... That's the place that I come from. I'm real with them, and I'm straight with them, oh. and I'm honest with them, and that's the place that I come from. So like, you're I'm, saying I'm in like, your book like for books. women, you do tell that you do encourage them to be real and authentic. Yes. Because it seems like you keep going back and forth saying yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. You can't so use can the actual. Can you can't use the actual words real and authentic. You have to break you it can't down. Say you can't. Why do you say that? Why do you say you can't? You can do any fucking thing in this world you want to. Why do you can't? Okay. To give you an example, um, let's say she's using the guy for expensive dinner. She has no, you know, she has she's no attention. She's a time waster. She's an attention whore. She likes to flatter really flattery she likes getting the free meals and that's why she's doing it so i will dissuade her from doing that because it's not good for her it's not good for the guy but mainly it's not good for her and i go into why it's not good for her that she's never going to attract the right kind of guy by staying with guys that she's not interested in she is interested that, that in. would that would that be confused, 
That was yeah, I was going to say, she, she does have a manipulative interest. See, the way you got to get through to women like that, and you, 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 you pretty much punched it to a degree, is that if you're trying to tell any woman not to be a manipulative time waster because it's going to be hurtful to the man and frustrating to the man, that's when yeah. women ain't going to give a fuck. They're going to be like, right. so? Right. You got <laughs> to point out to them how it's, it's detrimental to them. Right, and I do that. I do that. So I wanted to say this before you go to your next caller. So, Alan, you remind me of the Sigmund Freud type, and that's the scale I'm on. And your new your um, guest tonight reminds me of the new type of psychologist, which I don't really agree with at all. They get around to asking you later on what's your problem, whereas you, you rip it out of people. It's like, okay, so oh, did you really want to fuck your mom, or did you not want to fuck your mom? And the new guest <laughs> is like, oh, Eventually, they'll you know they'll tell me, but the new type. Of I'm not an eventually type of person. I get it out of them right away too, and I don't care what they tell me their problem is or why they landed on my doorstep. Sometimes they're being straight up, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes the problem is still hidden, and I have a way of uncovering what the real problem is. But but you don't rip it out of them. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, I do. Like, if you rip something out of somebody. They have to look at it themselves and say, all right, like in mode one, the book is all about making you look at yourself. It's like, am I a cunt or am I not a cunt? And you know what I mean? It's like you have to answer the question yourself. But in the new type of psychology, it's more of like, oh, how are you doing today, Bob? I'm doing all right. You know, you yeah, go that's not that's not my style. Presentation. I don't have time for that anyway. But it seems I don't have like time for that. It's, it's very. Like it's, you gave it's, me a stand to different impressions. And, like, looking on both sides of the mirror, I'm like, huh, this is why I said you were, like, the Captain America trailer to me. You are like, damn, <laughs> you used to be my friend. It hurt a little bit. Well, I, I, I'm going to move on to the next caller. Thank you, J.D. Oh, J.D., you know you got to give me a nice mode one. J.D., you still Everybody. There? Enjoy fucking whoever you want to fuck. I got to say that first. Live life and <laughs> fuck everybody. Move on. Alan Roger Curry. Getting up front straight forward. Okay, I see a number of people still in my phone queue, probably about. I don't know, 15, 16 people, but I only see one more number with their hand raised, which is my buddy EVP3 from Seattle. I'm going to be opening up the phone line next. So um, I'm going to go, if I have more callers than him, I'm going to go until the top of the hour and then Block Talk Radio cuts me off actually at the four-hour mark. I can never do a show more than four hours. Right now, my time it's uh, 12.34, which I think is tw- 10.34, Linda's time. Yes. So her time, we're going to go to about 11 o'clock if we have more calls. But if nobody else presses number one, then EVP3 will be my last caller. But before I get to EVP, okay, first of all, I'm 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 I'm, I'm going to let you out the hook. But you were doing well in this interview, Linda. But that's the one area I would have to take some points away because you – you, you, yeah, you, you were kind of waffling on on whether or not you encourage women to be real. Cause you keep saying, I, you can't encourage women, and I do. Yeah, yes, you can encourage women to be real. Again, you gotta, yeah. When you point out 
I was fucking up that Because, like, I, over the last four to five years, I've actually increased uh, more and more female clients. I used to be just exclusively men, but now I deal with women, too. And a lot of them, when they come to me and they tell me that they're disappointed and frustrated with their love life, sex life, social life, I, first thing I do is ask some probing questions. And my most prominent question, though, is I want to find out, are they being their real self? Because here's my thing. When you're your real self, you're always going to attract the people who you're meant to attract, whether right. you're a man or woman. When you're your real authentic self, that's the only time when you're going to truly attract the people who are going to love you for who you really are and appreciate you for who you really are. But if you're a man or woman and you're giving off these disingenuous facades and you're pretending to be somebody that you're not, again, your real self at some point is going to rise to the surface. I guarantee you. It could be a year later, two years later. It could be five years. It might be as late as ten years later. But at some point, your real self is going to reveal itself. And whoever you're in that relationship with, when your real self reveals itself, they're going to be like, okay, who the fuck is this person? Who the fuck is this person? Um, but, yeah, before I go to EVP, I wanted to deal with another question I had written down I wanted to ask you. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. Okay, I was reading your book, and you made this this interesting generalization. You said that you do not believe women are as sexual as men are, and even more specifically, you said you do not believe women are interested in masturbating as much as men are interested in masturbating. What, what do you what do you, what do you have to support that? Where do you, where do you get that from? There are um, studies, there are university studies that reflect that information with regard to masturbation. Yeah, like I said, the, the hormone testosterone for a guy compels a guy to release. By releasing, it's either through masturbation or you're going to have sex, one or the other. It's, it's motivating you. That hormone is motivating you to release. Girls don't have, guys have 10 times the amount of testosterone as does a woman's body. So she doesn't have that same degree of, oh, I have to get off. She doesn't have it. Ooh, see, well, I'm not going to argue with your studies until I read the actual studies. But I can only go on, on both a combination of my experiences and my observations and both I that was one of the areas again, there's a lot of things in your book I agree with. But that was probably one of my top two to three biggest things I read. I totally disagree with. As a matter of fact I had a guest on this very show who had evidence. He had more academic evidence to back a guy named matter of fact, this is my most listened to episode. A guy named Daniel Bergner wrote a book called What Women Want. And one of the things he reveals in that book he said it is a mistake for people in society to assume that women are more monogamy-oriented than men are and that men are more um, sexually driven than women are. He said there's no scientific or sexual experiment that backs that up. He said women are socialized to believe 
that they shouldn't be as sexual as men are and believe that they shouldn't be as kinky and promiscuous as men are. And men are brainwashed to believe that they're the more sexual. But he said in terms of actual biological DNA, he was like, that's bullshit. And I, based on my own experiences, every, I've said this on my show a number of times, almost every woman I've been in a relationship with in my life, they wanted to fuck just as much, if not more, than I did. I've had almost every girlfriend I had, there, there were days where they literally were begging me for dick. And even a lot of women I've had casual sex with wanted casual sex just as much, if not more, than I did. So as far as just on the, the desire for sex and on the masturbation, I would have to disagree with that, too. I already told you earlier in this conversation, I've had phone sex since 1992 to now. I've had phone sex with roughly about 1,900 women. And about 35 to 40% of those women have paid me for the opportunity to play with their pussies for me and to have me talk dirty to them. This is what I found. I would have to throw age in with the masturbation thing. I think when men and women are younger, I would definitely say men masturbate far more than women do. But when it comes to women 35 years of age or older, ooh, I, I personally would disagree with that. Because I, I actually know more women who masturbate who are 35 and older than I do men. A lot of my male friends who are 35 and older, they only masturbate like occasionally. But women, I, I've talked to women who masturbate like daily. And if not daily, weekly. So anyway, that's one passage in your book. I I I just cannot, on my own experiences and observations, agree with it at all. I think women. I I think there's equal numbers of both. I think there's some men who really really love sex, like need it every day or three to four times a week, and I think there are other men. Who can go days, weeks, even months without sex? And on on the female side, I think there's some women who are nymphomaniacs, which is a specifically a female term. They got to have dick like every fucking day. I've been with some nymphomaniacs. And then there's other women that can go weeks, months without it, and they can go weeks, months without masturbation. I think there's an equal percentage on both genders. I don't think one gender because for one thing, women is, and a number of my guests have pointed this out on this very show, women have 8,000 nerve endings in their clit. 8,000 nerve endings in their clitoris. A man only has about 2,500 to 3,000 nerve endings in the head of his penis. So who you think is getting more enjoyment out of sex? The person with 8,000 nerve endings no, in that small concentrated that. area? I don't agree with that. Almost, uh, unless there is something physically or medically wrong with the guy, more than 90% of the time the guy is going to ejaculate and have an orgasm. Guess what the percentage of women who have an orga- vaginal orgasm is. It's well, that's well because the men they're hooking up with don't know what they're doing. Right, right. So the fact that you're getting so much is because there are so few men that really know how to please a woman in bed. Of course that woman's going to keep calling you. Of course she is. Oh, well, yeah, I agree with that. I agree that a lot of men in society don't know what the fuck they're doing. So the and amount of nerve endings has nothing to do with nothing because these women are not getting off. 
when they're done with the guy, they have to go in the other room and use the, the vibrator just so they can get off. But every woman knows how to get themselves off. Every woman knows how to get themselves off. All right. Well, then there's a a man may not know how to get them off, but every woman—I'd say 99% of women in society know how to make their own pussy come. I ain't never—I personally have never met a woman that didn't know how to make her own pussy come. Right. Okay, that's mostly true. But if you're saying that, oh, it's because of the nerve endings, you know, that's why the woman is going to have pleasure with having sex with the guy, that is absolutely not true at all. Well, with a man who knows what he's doing, I do think that that plays a factor. Okay, what percentage of men do you think know what they're doing? I'm going to say less than 10%. And you are I'm in that category. I'm going to be more generous than that. I was going to say no. 20 to, I think 20 to 25% of men know what they well, do look in at, bed. Well, look at it this way. It's not 85%. If, if it were 85%, then I would, that day, I will agree that women like sex as much as men. But if, if, if she's not getting off, if she's not having fun, why should she come back for sex tomorrow? Oh, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I tell guys that all the time. If if a man is a sorry fuck, a woman ain't gonna seek an encore. <laughs> right. She'll either do it herself, or or she'll find another guy on the side who will. If this guy but doesn't, see, do this brings me to the point. You just said find a guy on the side. Why would a woman? And see, that's why I get into debates. I'm not going to get a long one now because I still got my boy EVP. I want to talk to, but um. You know, women always want to say that there's more important things in relationships than sex. Why the fuck would you want to marry a guy who doesn't know how to fucking make you come? That don't even make logical fucking sense. Because this is how women think. Women get together with a guy because there is some benefit in it for her. The benefit doesn't necessarily have to be sex. It could, oh, be, I agree. I agree. It could yes. be that she's getting the kids into the right school district. It could yeah, be because yeah. she's getting status out of the guy or she's yeah, getting yeah. Um, fancy shoes. You know, she's getting her Louboutins or she's getting her nails done or whatever it is. There's a benefit in it for the girl by being with this guy. And the benefit no, is not always sex. Well, that's what my – you can listen I'm to my audio, but that's what – um, you know, your That's what the possibility of sex is about. That's what. Right. Matter of fact, I had guys and, wait, who listened to that book that said they became depressed. I've okay, wait. So many we, times. We're both talking. Okay, your comment and Bergner's comment about women like sex as much as men. I've heard this so many times. Guess what? I have only heard this comment from a man's mouth. I have never heard this comment from a woman's mouth. Now. If never ever. Off, You've never heard a ever. woman say that she wanted to have sex just as much, if, if not more, than oh, men. She could want it, but there are so few guys who know how to deliver that that guy's going to have have them lined up twenty around the block. The day hmm. you guys have eighty five percent satisfaction for your woman is the day that I will admit that yeah it's now equal because up until then it's not equal well see it's a difference between talking about a woman's lack of satisfaction versus okay wait Linda Linda Linda, Linda, okay Linda I'm going to have to give you a lesson I thought I already gave you 
And I don't think you do this maliciously or intentionally, but you probably do it unconsciously. But my long-time listeners know I got a pet peeve on this show. I, when I'm talking, that means shut the fuck up. Don't ever interrupt me while I'm talking, ever. Like, don't ever try to talk over me, with me. If you hear me saying anything, you shut the fuck up, okay? If you, you had, Linda, again, I don't think you do it maliciously, intentionally, but you have a bad habit of talking while I'm talking. And I know, I, I know other hosts might allow that or play that. I don't play that. So don't. And when you hear me talking, you shut the fuck up. Do you, do you understand that, Linda? I do. Say yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Now go ahead with your thought. <laughs> if I have to get my own darn self off, what do I need the guy for? You know what I'm saying? Now somebody like me, I would be moving on to the next person. I wouldn't even be spending time with you. But not all women have the balls to move on. Because like I say, that woman is getting some kind of benefit from that guy. And that's why she's still there with the guy. Whether it's a fancy dinner, whether it's, you know, the shoes that she wants or whatever it is, she is getting some sort of benefit from the guy. I think it's wrong. Because I agree with you. I think it's being disingenuous. She's not being her authentic self. And at the end of the day, she's really harming herself because she's preventing a guy to enter her life that can satisfy her in the way that she needs to get satisfied. So I agree with you. She, it's detrimental to her, but she hasn't. Most, the most average women haven't figured all this out. They don't even think about this stuff. Well, my my book, The Possibility of Sex, have left a lot of men, as <laughs> a lot of men have written me, they say it left them depressed because I point out in that book that, like, a lot of guys think once they get a new girlfriend or once they get married that that means they've reached the pinnacle of success, but that that's just not true. For the very reasons you just pointed out, what I point out in The Possibility of Sex is that there are a lot of women who will marry a guy that they are not even really physically attracted to or sexually attracted to. But if that guy is making money, a perfect example is the woman I mentioned earlier, this woman I used to fuck at UCLA. This woman was engaged to this guy. He was like a millionaire. And she told me straight up. She said she wasn't really attracted to him sexually. But her attitude was, do you think I'm going to break off my engagement when he's buying me a Porsche 911? So... She let me know straight up. She was like, yeah, in so many words, she was like, I'm using him for his money. She's like, but, yeah, sexually, he don't do shit for me. Anyway, I'm going to open up my, my buddy's phone line. I know he's been patiently waiting. Sorry for the delay. EVP3, I know you've been listening to most, if not all, of this conversation. What questions do you have for Linda or comments do you have for Linda? Hmm. What's happening, man? Happy belated birthday to you, man. I know you had a good time. Yeah, yeah man. Um, the only reason I wasn't on the show is because, you know, I was over in Austin doing shows, and I was actually on my birthday. I was at the Grammy event in Austin, so I couldn't call in. But I um, joined the show tonight. And um question I have for, for Linda, and I want to set this up on uh, some of these things have been touched touched upon. <clears throat> but, I, you know, I think that really – 
between a man and woman, one of the most important things, if not the most important thing to set up and to build upon any relationship is, is definitely their, their attraction for each other. And their, and, and then would, would bind the relationship would be, you know, the sex that they have. So, for example, if a man and a woman say, for instance, and I would agree with you, and you said this earlier in the context, that, you know, most men would probably say, hey, that they don't even have to know a woman's name, you know, to have sex with her. So say, mm-hmm. for instance, a man meets a woman, you know, on initial, you know, at a party or a club. It's their initial meeting, and he's indicating to her, you know, his, his sexual desires for her right then and there. And the woman, and I think Linda uh, made this point that, and you made this point, and I and I would agree that a lot of studies have shown that women do know if they're sexually attracted to a man in the first few moments. So say, for instance, a woman knows that she's attracted to the male in that first meeting, and he's making his advances known sexually that he wants to have sex with her. What would Linda, what would you say to a woman would it, would it be would you advise her that it was okay to go ahead and act on her sexual attraction with that male, or what ends up happening a lot of times is we know that a lot of women have because of their their um, social conditioning they would they would may want to feel like they have to know that a lot more things about that male before they could have sex with them, and which would may cause them to have subsequent meetings with that male before they would have sex with you. Would you tell them to be more important to, if they know they're already sexually attracted to that male, to act on it right then and there or go lean more towards what their sexual, what their social conditioning is telling them, and that is they have to know a lot more about this male before they act on those? Well, I think every man's fantasy is to have sex on a first date. And they ex- have an expectation that that's what the girl is going to do. And whether or not she has feelings in that same regard or not, I'm going to give you the answer of what is. Um, a girl might feel like she's also sexually attracted back, but she still might hold back and not have sex on the first date. So, you know, I mean, the two people are coming from two different places. Um, it's going to pan out the way it pans out. I've been in many situations where I was very attracted to the guy on the first date, but I chose to wait. Why? So then you're saying that's not then – you, then you're saying that no matter what, the, the woman, even if she's sexually attracted, knows in that moment that yeah. she should wait? I'm not saying that she should wait. I'm just saying that they do wait. Some do wait. Then I've no, had I'm, other guys that. What do I you tell women? What do you encourage then, women to do? Then I have. Let me finish uh, EVP's answer. Then I've had other guys that I was somewhat attracted to, but I know that it would go nowhere. So that guy, I would go on a on a first time date, on, on first time sex, because I know it's going to go nowhere. So it might be like vacation sex, where you're never going to see him again. Like who cares? Or you might have met him at the club or something like that. You just There's something about him that I knew it would never go further. So that person I would go on first date sex with. 
But the person okay. that I would want to have something more than just a physical thing, I don't know. I would wait, and I and I and I would enjoy the wait because it's like the more the anticipation would build when you finally get there, it's even that more explosive. So I I like that feeling of really feel you know feeling that explosive feeling where you get the butterflies and all that. I like that feeling. So if it were a guy that I would want to see again, I probably would wait. So you would recommend to, if I'm understanding correctly, a woman that she, if she feels that this can develop into a more a long-term, let's say, relationship for some reason, that she should wait, even though she knows she's sexually attracted to the to that person right then and there, because she feels it can develop into something long-term. I'm just and if she feels place. like this something short term is not going to, it has no chance of developing anything because yeah. maybe, like, use example, she just met him on the vacation and she thinks they're going to go their separate ways. They live long, uh, they live, wouldn't live alone, say, you know, uh, they live distances from each other. That mm-hmm. She should go ahead and if she's attracted to him and have sex right then and there. Right. Is that what I'm um, just trying to. Right. Because when you have sex, there's no guarantee that the guy's going to call you back the next day. There's no guarantee. That's that. That's probably you know a girl's. You know, you guys have this fear of rejection. We have the fe- the next day fear of rejection that you're not going to call back the next day. So but. I think I think for a guy that she you know wants him to call the next time, she wants to see him again. I think from a girl's point of view, it's fun to wait it out a little bit. And let that anticipation build. Uh, okay. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Let me ask. I know where EVP is going with this, but EVP, okay, I can give know. you a warning. We only got like three minutes left, so. But I think <laughs> I know where you're going with this, EVP. Go ahead. Okay. okay. So what if she is is not sure, but she, well, she's sure she's highly attracted to the male, and and she knows his intentions, but she's she's not sure if this may go anywhere. He may call her tomorrow. What should she do? Cause she, what if she's not certain one way or the other? But she knows she's certain that she's highly attracted to the guy at that moment. Well, I'm just saying it's not equal risk for both parties. It's more of a risk for the woman. So if she's a, ga- if she's a gambling person, she'd probably go for it. And there have been times where I gambled like that, I went for it, and then the guy doesn't call back. So it's but, just but see, here's what doesn't make sense to me, Linda. And this relates yeah. to the point you emphatically made just about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. You're saying that some women, not all women, but some women should hold off and wait. But earlier you just said that you believe probably 80 to 90% of men are not good in bed and cannot right. satisfy a woman. Why would a woman want to spend three weeks, five weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks getting to know a man only to get in bed with him and find that he's an unsatisfying lover? That makes no fucking sense. Yeah. If I was I, a woman and I thought that there was a 50% chance that a guy was going to suck in bed, I would want to fuck him as soon as possible to either confess to be pleasantly surprised that he's a good fuck <laughs> or to find out quickly that he's a bad fuck. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. And that's what this woman who was on this show, Irv, remembers. I had this chick named Dr. Veronica Anderson. She made that very point, and she was a woman. She, the whole point of that show, actually, was she was encouraging women to have sex as soon as possible. And she basically made the point that 
What's the point of spending weeks, months, and even years getting to know a man on a non-sexual level if you haven't confirmed that that guy is a pleasing and satisfying lover? That that I mean, to me, logically, that just does not even make any sense. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't. Also, I don't can I say? Can I say I this? <laughs> can I say this? So we got a couple minutes, or uh, maybe less than that. I, cut Linda, let me throw this in. Okay, because I'm trying to follow what you're saying here, what you're saying. You're, but from a male point of view, if that woman, say, for instance, uh, fucks that guy, I mean, incredible to the point where he's just like, that's an incredible fuck. She sucks his dick to incredible. I mean, I think that guy's going to be trying to call her from across the bedroom. Okay. <laughs> now let the next. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but if it's a bad fuck and a bad, if she can't suck dick, <laughs> yeah, then he ain't gonna. Most fast food places use complex algorithms to come up with combos, but that tastes even more boring than it sounds. With my new sourdough bacon ranch combo, we simply figured out how to get all that flavor into one combo. It comes with my delicious full-size sourdough bacon ranch on toasted sourdough bread, hot and salty fries, and 100 plus drink choices for just $4.99. Class dismissed. The sourdough bacon ranch combo for $4.99 at Jack in the Box. Combo's done my way. For a limited time only at participating restaurants. 